indeed nitro is the glory but e-buggy pays the bills what's going on everybody welcome to episode number 205 of the no name rc podcast i'm your host keena white aka left of the great and this week it's not a regular podcast it's like a world special i want to say so uh before i go on any further i just want to say thank you to everybody that supports us shout out to the nnrc squad around the world we can't do this without you guys I'm going to the Worlds on Thursday. I can't do it without you guys. Thank you for all the support. Please continue to support the podcast by uh, liking, sharing, hitting that notification button on YouTube. Um, if you're listening to it on the audio-only side of things, please leave a review, share. We need to help get the NNRC out in the algorithms out there so we can start going viral and, you know, promoting the love of RC racing. Uh, also, shout out to the patrons of the podcast. I can't do it without you guys. You guys go the extra support. You will get early uh, release of this podcast. Thank you guys to the patron of patrons of the NNRC. If you wish to be a patron, you can. The link is in the written description of this podcast. Also, we can't do this without sponsors. Thank you to all the companies that are helping me go to the worlds. And thank you to all the companies that support this podcast throughout the year. We can't do it without you guys. Remember, everybody showing the sponsors some love, shows the podcast some love. And uh, in the written description of this podcast, we do have uh, links, affiliate links, coupon codes, or just straight up links to some of the companies or to all of the companies that uh, sponsor us. And remember, uh, clicking on those links helps us out a little bit. If there is no coupon code or no affiliate link, just leave them a note and say, hey, I heard about it on the on the No Name RC podcast. And it, it helps us out a lot, really does. Uh, so thank you to all of them. They are Invisible Speed, TZO 200 Tires, TNR Fuels, High Tech RC, Beach RC, Mayako, Techno RC, RCGP, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic for all your traction needs, G-Spec RC Tuning for all your cabling needs, Some Pedal USA for your race batteries, Racecraft USA, they just launched their new command module, Clinic RC, uh, House of RC, you can also find all my blogs that I'm doing for the worlds on House of RC as well as well as Facebook. Uh, RC3 Raceway in Alabama. Shout out to the drivers that support this podcast and the respectful business they are. David Ronafalk, The Viking, The Dr. Alex Hagberg, Jared Tebow, and Robert Battier. Thank you for all their support. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, so this is episode 204, 205, everybody. Um, so this is just like a two and a half hour history lesson. 
so last week I wrote a blog about the history of the worlds, and it's just what I was able to discover on Wikipedia and talking to people. Uh, and then obviously from my memory, as it got closer to the time that I was, I remember the worlds. And it all started with a conversation with Mick Craddock. Uh, I remember reading his blogs on Neil Buggy. He's been to like every world since 1990, except 2010, which we clarified. So he was talking and he found the blogs for me because you can't really, because Neo doesn't exist anymore. And he found them for me. And then he we said, hey, why don't we get from the podcast to have a sit off and we'll talk about the world. And it's exactly what we've done. He just came off the Hearts GP, which RC Racing TV covered. They will also be covering the worlds, by the way, uh, next week, starting next Tuesday. And you can follow. I'll be working alongside them a little bit as well. So looking forward to that. But yeah. I, we set up a date. It was eight o'clock this morning, his time. It's my time. Sorry. 12 o'clock his time. And Mick was a soldier. We sat through, we talked about every world that he has been to since 1990. And, uh, it was a great talk. We had a little chat about Redavon at the end and what he expects and what people can expect. And I hope you guys enjoy it. There's no ads. There's no nothing. This is just a world special with Mick Craddock of Kyosho talking about every world he's been through since 1990 i want to thank mick craddock for his uh for his time and i hope you guys enjoy this chat as much as i did because it was really good talking to mick he has a lot of great stories some that we can tell on the air and some that we can't but uh, i'm sure the ones that we can't i'll hear about them all when i go to spain so with that said please welcome mick craddock of kyosho in what we we are calling this the nnrc ifmar world's history special so every time there's a Worlds coming up, I'm reminded to some blogs that the gentleman to my virtual right over here, Mr. Mick Craddock, has written. And um, I kind of reached out to him a few, like about two weeks ago, and I was asking him if he had any rough copies of these blogs because they were Neobuggy, and now Neobuggy doesn't really exist anymore. So it's a shame these blogs aren't easily found because there's a lot of history. They are very well written as well, by the way, Mick. And uh, we found the links. You sent them to me, so I have been looking over them and enjoying some of the stories. But, yeah, I really, really miss your blogs. They were very well written. They are very well published. They went into a very good detail. And right now, like, you're probably the one guy who's been to the most world championships I know. Thank you. Yeah, you started in uh, – so, anyway, so people don't know who the gentleman is. His name is Mick Craddock. He's been with Kyosho since – when did you start with Kyosho, Mick? Uh, I've been with Kyosho since 1988. 1988. So what, yeah. it's 2022 now, so that's quite a long time. My math is really bad. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure you know how many years you've been with them. But that's quite a long time. We don't really see people that stay around a company that long anymore. You, uh, Neil Craig comes to mind as well. Even though he's a more of a driver, you're more of a team manager distributor sales and whatnot, but definitely yeah. you are a legend within the Kyosho um, in okay. RC because you, you maybe you're not a driver, but you've been around and you've been, you're as a, a team manager, you've been to many races. You've been a part of the, the golden years of Kyosho when they were winning championships and we'll now, I don't think we'll ever see that matched again. I think it's eight world championships you have in Nitro Buggy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever see that matched ever, ever. Yeah. So for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's going to be a long time. Um, but yeah, definitely have seen the ups and downs of Kyosho, the, the highs, the lows. But you've been to all these world championships. You've been a part of teams that have won it. 
You've been a part of teams that have uh, lost it. Uh, but yeah. your experience is definitely well uh, well versed because you look at it from a very different way. And I think you bring it to a, a perspective of not as a racer, but more of a, as a, 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 a person that's in attendance there. So you get to see a lot more. So, Vic, tell us a little bit about your first world. You said it was in Bangkok in Thailand. Yeah, well, I, um, when I started in 88, I did a couple of nationals. And then I quite liked it because my first hobby and my, my main love is motocross. And so I did a I did a national season in 89 and qualified for the Worlds, which I was quite surprised. I made four A finals in a national level that year. So I was quite surprised how well I did. Because I used to do a bit of RC when I was like 12 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. And just did electric racing mainly. Uh so from there, uh, I managed to qualify, like I just said, for the Bangkok Worlds. And uh, one of my friends who I met in, in 1989, Stuart Wilcox, is also a very well-achieved racer that he doesn't get a lot of publicity for. But you'd be surprised, like Stuart Wilcox, very good, good driver, led a world championships a few times as well. I think really? He's been in, I think he's been in three or four main finals in the Worlds as well, yeah. Okay. So I got invited by his father, who was the Kyosho team manager then, to come to Bangkok because uh, one of the guys couldn't make it and there was a spare place on the team. So I went there. So that was my first world, first time. I was using a Kyosho car, obviously, before, from 88. I liked the brand, just like the way it was. Mm-hmm. That was it. And, uh, yeah, we went to Bangkok, which is quite exciting, with my uh, wife, Michelle. First time out of was that your first time traveling to the Far East for you? Yeah, first time. Yeah, we were racing abroad or anywhere. Yeah, was you nervous about yeah. it? Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It was just, it's just getting used to everything. You know, where uh, checking in was a nightmare. You know, you like get your car scrutinized. Everyone had to do it. It was just a massive queue, heat. Uh, just getting used to the whole thing. And as soon as we got. We landed in the hotel. Straight from there, we went straight to the track. Started practicing because it was like a free-for-all practice then. There wasn't no set-out practices like they're organised now. It was just like queuing up from the rostrum. So you can imagine 120 or 150 drivers all queuing up for the rostrum and trying to get as much practice as they can. Even their mechanics sort of standing in place with them with a frequency peg then, so you forget about <laughs> You forget about the crystals and frequencies as well. Yeah, so people would. There's people in yeah. RC that wouldn't even know about that. That are in RC no. right now that wouldn't even know about that. Yeah, so you can imagine how hard it was to try and get a practice in. Who know, were the um? Who were the fast guys at this period in 1988? Well, 1990. Sorry. Uh, fast guys was uh, the from France mm-hmm. driving the. Um, I think it was. Not a Sikkim car, but I can't remember. I can't remember the car now, sorry. <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, Let- yeah. Um, uh, what was there? There's a fast black guy as well who's unfortunately passed away now. Oh, yeah? Where was he from? He was from France as well. Okay. Yeah. He made the main final, very good character, but... Unfortunately, I didn't know him for too long. I only knew him for racing. He only raced in 1990 
I think he retired in 92, been in like from way back in the day to 86. Okay. So some, someone I remember. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I would like to know that too. But yeah. Yeah. what do you, so, I, you know, we, we, I w- you think now we have so many ma- manufacturers out there right now. I mean, more than anybody, chassis manufacturers. But even yeah. back then yeah. in, the, in the 80s and 90s, there was quite a few. I mean, maybe not. I think Kyosho went be like took it to a whole other level. You know, Kyosho and Mugen yeah. took it a whole different level. But I remember old 1-8 platforms like the Yankee and um, the yeah, Hunter. Yeah. So the guy was as well and I think maybe Frederick Versailles was driving for that as well he was very fast yeah so it was a uh, few brands around at that time it wasn't just Kyosho yeah. and Mugen and yeah Mugen had just come on the scene actually so they they went there Sonada was driving obviously he won the world championship that year so it was a big shock the, the engine was on the other side to yes. what we normally run yes and so you know totally different car and this Mugen come along. We've heard of Mugen before, but I only knew Mugen is like uh, linked with Honda. They used to do like uh, these fast engines or fast motorbike, uh, Honda motorbikes and cars known as Mugen. But I asked if it was something to do with that to the team manager, Steve at the time. Steve, I don't know what his proper Japanese name was, <laughs> but he was, he was a nice guy. And uh, he had Sonada and another guy with him and they finished first and third. Kanaya should have won, to be honest with you. I'm not being biased because it was Kaya Show. They'd done a lot of homework. The car was awesome. Uh, but he ran out of fuel. His mechanic ran him out of fuel twice. Really? With an OS engine, which shouldn't happen, really. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember about that track in particular that kind of shocked you? Because there must have been a, a shock coming from the UK at that time to yeah. tracks like that. Yeah, because... We were used to racing on grass then. Right. When we used to turn on a track, it was just laid down with some uh, hose piping. And it was just grass. And uh, and I know your favourite word is the the track will mature. And it it was it matured to dirt in the end. But it was good because you had some grip on the outside, no grip on the main line. And uh, obviously the bumps developed as well. So it wasn't used to having cars driven over. It was all virgin ground all the time. So when we got to this track, it was total for me I, I, it was undrivable to start off with because it's not like the oil cream tracks you get now it was just rolled and, and watered and that was it and then in the end it was just digging out really like a massive hole yeah so I have a question so according to Wikipedia this is the Maximo Racing Club was that anything to do with the actual Maximo Racing f- Fuels yeah. And, yeah yeah the f- yeah, fuel and they made some other products like glow starts it's, this is like when I went there, it was the first time I ever saw uh, like a remote uh, starter box that, you know, we use now. Before it used to be, you used to have like either a handheld motor with a wheel on it and you'd turn the car on its side and start it and then you had a glow start collected to like a, a one and a half volt jelly battery. And this is the first time I see like a, a glow start like this. <laughs> you know, a, a portable one yeah. that wasn't connected the wire to the starter box and you had this great big box that was massive that you had to connect to a 12 volt and they had all this contained in a little box so I think that was something to do with Maximo was making the glow starts mm-hmm. and, and the and the starter boxes so it was quite it was quite an eye opener and it was just like my, my first world is like my first Euros as well it's like uh, you go there and it's it's like three it's the first time you ever see a colour TV <laughs> like because 
showing my age now that when we used to have a, like a black and white TV and then right. my parents a colour TV, it's just amazing. It was like watching it in 3D. All of this stuff that you just glossed over in magazines because you never had no internet or anything, no, no sat navs, anything like that to get into the track. So just a totally different world to go to. I, got, I bet so you was just, hooked after that, though. After that first yeah. world, you was like, I want to do yeah. this again. Yeah, it was that. It was that uh, you know, addictive that I give up motocross, which I loved mm-hmm. because I could see, you know, me enjoying this more because I love traveling. I, I love traveling at that time. Right. So, uh, and and so travel must have been so much different, so easier but difficult back then. No internet. Everything was yeah. long distance phone calls. Um, one guy yeah. said to me, imagine uh, organizing the worlds back in the 80s or like early 90s when there was no internet and you had to long call people and all that and letters. Yeah. Yeah, letter, letters that we got. Uh, I think our um, BRCA would get a information sheet, which probably just uh, an A4 piece of paper with a map and uh, and what was there, facilities, and that was it, really. We didn't know what we were going to. We didn't even know if we had to take a table, <laughs> you know, there's not undercover pitting or workbenches or whatever. Yeah, but, and here I am, like, oh, I need to have internet as soon as I land in Spain on Friday morning, and I'm like ev- investigating where I'm going to buy a SIM card in the airport. So things have changed <laughs> so much, like, uh, truly amazing. Uh, let's see yeah, who won know. that race. Oh, Sonata won that race. So that was Mugen's. Was that Mugen's yeah. first win? That was her first world yeah. championship. Yeah. yeah, it was obviously Sonata was an on-road driver, and uh, he developed a off-road car. So that's why I think the engine was on the other side to start. Right, with, with that would make sense. Over and over, Rossi engine was using as well. It always seemed really rich to me. The car it didn't like rev out or anything, but it just kept going. It just kept plodding around at a steady speed. Where Kanai was, where he had his first engine cut in the final, he got back and he got back into the lead. You know, because in them days you could, you know, everyone's expected to have an engine cut. You could guarantee out of the 10, because don't forget, it was only 10 cars in the final as well. And four automatically got in. So it was the top three from each semi-final then. So how so did the other guys top. get in? Through time? Yeah, for, yeah, through the top four fastest, but it wasn't round by round either. So basically you had to get a blinding run in the first round when the track was flat. And that was it. It really? wasn't round by round scores or anything like that. It was just purely on time. So in the end, you're doing quite six qualifying heats at 10 minutes of time you just um you've got to be very lucky if you can make it in the sixth round because the track was like fully blown out by then so, yeah, yeah because the qualifiers are still 10 minutes time yeah, yeah so you have to refuel yeah interesting interesting so after this race yeah. what happened in your career wise was this when you decided okay i'm gonna make this a career and uh, or had you at this chance or you no by this time you still kind of were just discovering it i would say yeah, yeah, I was. I didn't think of it making it as a career. I just, I just enjoyed the hobby, you know, because mm-hmm. it was fun meet, meeting new people and that. And like I said, it was like a, it's like watching the first time three D film or something like that. Everything was in ultra, ultra HD. You could see everything clearly. So many different products and ideas that people did on their cars, you know, to make them better. Because these kits, when you bought them kits, I, I think the uh, the Mugen and the uh, Kyosho were the most advanced kits that you could actually use out of the box, but a lot of the European and Italians, you sort of like had to create them as you built them out of the kit. 
you know, and, and adjust these different things, you know. Any fast Americans in this time? Sorry? Any fast Americans in this time? Yeah, there was uh, Joel Johnson mm-hmm. and Gary Kyes come over. It's funny because the Americans had 50 spaces, or they automatically get 50 spaces out of 150. Mm-hmm. And they were, so it, it, I don't know if you noticed in my blogs, I was always uh, making fun of the Americans <laughs> because they only got four spaces up on the first one. And then and then they got like, bigger and bigger and bigger as yes. it went on, as, as they noticed it. But I was surprised, you know, that the Americans... I was expecting them to do a lot better than they did. No disrespect to them. You know, mm-hmm. Joe Johnson's an awesome driver as well, but known as an on-road driver again. But I think I think Joel made the semi-finals. He wasn't in the final with that one. Uh, yeah, no disrespect to him. I thought he would do better than what he did. He went for lightness with the car. He fully, fully uh, he put a carbon fibre chassis on, which I thought was crazy instead of an aluminium one, to take the heat away because it's about 40 Celsius in Thailand in February of that year. Oh, it's been hot. Uh, it was hot, yeah. And humid as well. And so I was surprised he did that. And he, was at, he had a massive head. I think it was the... Who's the guy that used to do all of the, the heads? O'Donnell. Steve O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Yeah. So I think it was an O'Donnell head he did. And a massive head on it, which... I think can cause tuning problems as well with a big head because yeah, all right, it's taking the heat away too much, so you're going to lean, lean mm-hmm. the engine off. And so it's not giving lubrication to the bottom end, so less lubrication, less power. So, so much so much unknown in 8-scale back then too, still, a lot. Yeah. 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 A lot of tinkering. Yeah, because I was used to motocross and that, so I knew a bit about engines and mm-hmm. engine tuning getting and like, and we were just coming in, you know, obviously in 1980s, the water-cooled bikes were there, and I couldn't understand why we hadn't got water-cooled nitro engines, and still haven't now. I know. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool to see. Yeah. I wonder if we can make them efficient enough to be racing machines, though. Yeah, interesting on tolerances. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. So let's fast forward, 1992, two years more. Yeah, yeah, yeah solid. You should be solid, Kyosho. Uh, did you go Germany. as a racer this time? Did you go to Germany yeah. as a racer? Yeah. Yeah, we went as a racer. Uh, again, a totally different track. They started, uh, we went for a warm-up, but we didn't race on the actual track this time. So they were even starting to do warm-up. So we'd go to Germany to meet all the other guys, all the team guys, share information. Kaisha even took a soil sample home of the actual track just to get a tyre right because... Then the manufacturers were making their own tyres. So you had a Kyosho brand, a Mugen brand. And, um, GRP was about then, I think, started. And uh, the French company, uh, Needle Pro, they were making tyres. I remember them. Yeah, and all the foam inserts, you know. I can remember running without any inserts before. <laughs> you know, just glue the tyres on and away you go. But the insert was an option. <laughs> really? So, yeah, but you said the track was not on the same place. So the soil sample was, yeah, yeah the soil sample was from the actual track where it was going to be. Uh-huh. We went to the track that was still being built. So we raced uh, nearby uh, a local German club just to meet the team, and everyone could get used to you know Japanese could get used to the the air conditions, so their engine tuning was right and fuels getting everything right for the fuels. Can I use the mix is unfueled in? I think we were using 30% nitro and we put some acetone in and some uh, 
other lubricants, clots oil, and some two-stroke oil in there. Yes, done with uh, the OS designer, Yoshida, who, who finished, uh, I think he finished second in that world championship, Yoshida, and unfortunately he's not with us either now. Really? Which is a great, yeah, because he was, a, he was an awesome designer for OS. I think one of the best, no disrespect to OS now. Mm-hmm. He had a total idea because he used to, he was involved a lot with helicopter engines to start with them. So obviously they're, they're revving at a high rev. They use a lot of oil too. Yeah, and so he understood what what the torques and loads of a off-road car is. It's completely different to an on-road car, you know, where you're, you're going up and downhill, you're, you're getting different torque levels landing uphill or downhill. It's different. So he understood a lot of demands. He actually designed, remember the boost bottle on the back yes. of the... Yes, Where he used to have a little uh, pelham chamber in it going between the car, and I think that's a really good idea. Really? Well. We don't see that anymore, though. None of that oh, anymore. Look at that. So, a lot of see. things that we done back in the day, we're not seeing them, but they'll come out and be like uh, yeah. new, like somebody just discovered yeah. them soon. Yeah, so it's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, anything you remember about this track? What was special about it besides it not being in the actual in the in a different position? It was was this track specially built just for the worlds? Yeah, especially built again. Mm-hmm. So no one. So no one had practiced on it before ever, so it's all fresh to everyone, which gives everyone a fair crack of the whip. Um, a lot more jumps in it, and, and some rollers and whoops as well. Now, I can remember there was a, a few bits of section, but unfortunately in the final it rained, or, or the semi-finals it rained, so everyone's either their transmitter. We had, we had a covered uh, rostrum, mm-hmm. but it wasn't highly waterproof. I remember, I think it was actually Sonada that went out where his water got into his transmitter and not his oh, car. Yeah. You would yeah. think they would yeah. do something like put a plastic bag over it or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think someone was in the end. But yeah, so it was, uh, it was survival of the fittest who could, um, who could keep it running through the mud because it went, it went from one, you know, where it was like just total downpour to mm-hmm. thick. So obviously the car clogging, the engine loading up, you know, burning that clutch like that, so. Yeah, and there's no stopping. Like the race goes on. No, that was it. They went on. The only time they'd stop, they said, is if it started thunder and lightning, because obviously you're using aerials there. Mm-hmm. You know, as in the transmitter, it's still, still crystal radio then. So this is Kyosha's first of the eight wins. Yeah. How did yeah, that feel? That was a, was it a surprise coming from this guy? I don't I don't know how to say his name, but you could probably do. Oh, uh, Togi Sam. Yeah, yeah. Togi. Yeah, he was from a. We went to his island. He was from an island called uh, Takamatsu. So really? He was like a. Wasn't a main driver. He was like a club level driver. Uh, again, no disrespect to him, but you've got to be in it to win it. And he, he was obviously used to them conditions and knew what he did and he kept going. And again, the reason why it was a surprise, not that Kaisho, it was a surprise that Kaisho won. It was that, again, Kanai just had troubles again. Right. Know? Kanai would have been the favourite to win this, I would say. Yeah, Kanai was super fast. Him and Sonata were just battling it out each time for for uh, TQ. And again, it wasn't round by round, so the track got rougher. Golden age of Japanese racing. Yeah, and so it was just it was just them two watching who could go fastest, and that that's pretty good. Uh, don't forget, you can't look at it on your phone. There was only one computer to look at, which was in the um, thing. There was no computer display in the pitting area. 
And so, yeah, to wait for the results, so there's always a massive, yeah, everyone running around to have a, a scoreboard, you know. So crazy, so yeah. different. So We're so fortunate now, so easy nowadays. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's too easy. And it, it takes a bit of the atmosphere away, unfortunately. You know, everyone's just sitting in their pit now watching their live scoring or mainstream on the phone there before <laughs> everyone crowded around watching it. And, you know, you'd make sure you get all your car done. They still alternated the rounds, mm-hmm. so it was in different at the start. One to twelve or whatever, and then and then five to you know all the way around again. So they alternated that, but you try and make sure you've got your car ready so you could go and watch the main top guys that you knew in the top. So you had to go and watch. You didn't just, you know. so who, do you remember was was the same was who was the top? Because I, I like to compare this because I like to know who the top American guys were at this time because this is different yeah, eras. Yeah. Yeah, again, uh, Joe Johnson didn't go this time. Uh, it's Chris Moore, my good friend Chris Moore. Now this is when we first become friends in '92. Really? Unfortunately, I had the hotel room below him, so we were in a balcony and we just noticed stuff like potato chips getting thrown at us and dropped down. And he was with uh, a guy called uh, Jack Johnson. He used to work for Lowe's. Heard of him? Heard of him? Yeah, a good designer as well. So he was. Um, all driving cryo show as well. They're all driving cryo show. And I think I think a lot of the companies just let them drive the one eight car so that mm-hmm. they could pick off knowledge in that from from the Japanese, you know, to deal with Well, I mean at that time own. I think at that time the only two cars the viable options were Mugen and Kyosho. We'll get into that yeah. stage. You know yeah, and for that, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it, it pretty much was at one point, if you didn't drive a Kyosho, you weren't winning. Like, yeah. at, at any level of racing. Yeah. I w- like I and said, I, I was always a Mugen guy, but, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I always used to get beat by a Kyosho. It's a heart. Yeah. It's funny. But I, couldn't, I couldn't believe the amount of sponsorship that Kyosho put into them. You know what? I hate, this is what I hate about hearing now that Kyosho don't sponsor anyone. They don't do anything with. Honestly, they did it 30 years ago. When we went to the Worlds, every marshal that was there had a Kyosho T-shirt on, had a Kyosho raincoat on, had a Kyosho cap. Even all the drivers got, we got a a bag each, Kyosho bag, we got a a rain jacket, we got a hat, we even got a Kyosho umbrella. That's cool, though. Yeah, they put everything into it then. It was like being on the, the Mercedes or the... Uh, I, think, now. I, I think people that that are new to RC can't fathom how the, yeah. the how dominant Kyosho was, how hard it was to be to like it was it was if you like when I listen to Greg, he talks about how competitive it was on the team. You know what I yeah. mean? And how the you had to fight to keep your position and all that. Especially I would say in America, because America they were it was at that time, well it been the attitude era, it was so many fast guys. And he was like, "Man, you would go to a you would go to a A main, and it would be all Kyoshos." Yeah, and Kyosho threw so much money into the Americans as well. Yeah, you know, Greg got well looked after. Chad Bradby was on the team then as well. And he Quartz, yeah, Quartz was on there a long time. Yeah. Well, I see. I know we're going off a tangent, but uh, Derek and the guys have moved to Texas. I think he's, it's good to see. Lutz is doing pretty good. I'm starting to see a resurgence of. Kyosho in America. Yeah, that's good. I'm good starting side. to see. But it's it's yeah. just, when you think about the, the history, it's it's just people need to understand. I, yeah. I don't I, I don't think people really understand how dominant they were. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. Um, next month, next move was in '94. We went to Austria. Why was why well, did you think that Efra was getting all these worlds too? Just the tracks were better. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how it worked for that. How they pick them, whether whether it wasn't because uh, you know Thailand Bangkok was an awesome facility, you know, mm-hmm. undercover. And it was already made. It wasn't like uh, when we went to Germany. It was all massive marquees everywhere for the food and for for the pitting and wooden tables put down. So I can't understand that. And in Austria, we were like in the middle. It was like. I was expecting uh, Mary Poppins to come out and start singing Able Vice, you know, because it was beautiful countryside. Like we were in a big valley, so it's the first time we've ever driven on a, you know, going uphill, mm. you know, a steep uphill. It was like a nearly one in three gradient going up the hill. So they built the track where, on the hill or a part of yeah, the hill? On the hill, we just had a flat level part at the bottom, so the track you went up, up the hill, come down halfway, that's where it's really hard. If you weren't, if you're going too fast, your car would just roll over and roll down the hill. I yeah. want to say so, I've I mean, seen a picture of this track. Yeah, yeah, it's a good video, and that's where Stuart Stuart Wilcox was leading with a Mugen, mm-hmm. or maybe was maybe leading for the first fifteen minutes of the race, and had some some problems, you know. And again, that was normal to have an engine cut in a in a world's final and and still make a good placing, you know. And again, only ten drivers. Uh, I think I think uh, Austria was the first time that they had. No, they didn't. No, I thought it was going to say the first time they had round by round qualifying, but that weren't till '96. So uh, I'm going to yeah. go look for this video now because I think yeah. I've seen this track. Someone's posted it, and it's it's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, we had uh, we had a good team then. We had uh, I think. Um, yeah, Jamie Booth come. I think Jamie Booth raced. Who's that? No, no, Jamie Booth. Oh, Jamie Booth. That was Lawrence Harris, who we used to race with him. They were good friends. So um, we looked after Lawrence Harris there. And uh, with Kyle Show. And we had, a good, we had a good, strong team. You know, yeah, every, I... every time we had a good, strong team, especially Italy. Was Kanai still the guy at this time, too? Was he still fast? Yeah. Yeah, 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 he was very fast again. But he didn't make the main that time because he wasn't used to grass. So it's quite good that, you know, we had all of these different different types of track because obviously Germany was it was uh, fully sort of like mud and clay. Right. So this was just grass yeah. and then up a hill. <laughs> yeah, so we thought, I thought, oh, I'm in for a good chance. But no. <laughs> that was probably why Wilcox Cox was doing pretty good too, grass track. Yeah. yeah. All the English. There was a uh, young Dave Crompton then as well with Mugen. He was with Stuart and that, and he was leading. Uh, we had a lot of Americans there this time. I think it was the first time the biggest biggest American team turned up there. Oh, yeah? And that was, uh, I think it was Mark Pavidis' first world to run in Mugen. There was uh, Matt Ledger, uh, the late, great Brian Kimwold was driving for his first world and that. So it's really cool to see him and all the... American jazz that they bring with it, the nice moving jackets and American style. You have to check the pictures out on that, it's pretty cool. So it's a big team, I think there's about 20, but it's quite a funny story. The Mugans had a, um, I think the American Mugan distributor was uh American guy from New York, I can't remember his name, but he had plenty of money. But they had this guy called uh, Jerry Lamb, and I'll see him, I met him the other couple of years back now, 
at the uh, Orange OCRC. Oh, yeah? Um, driving with, um, I think it was not Jay Halsey. I think Jay Halsey might have been there. And some other guys, they were racing with them, just doing one-eighth electric on the OCRC. But, yeah, Jerry Lamb, he was a character. And he, they reckon he spent... He spent all of their budget on food and drink in the first two days that they were there, just having pies and fun. And I think and there was, uh, what's his name? I should know it. Derek, Derek Fruit and Fiber for a tiny. He works for Kyoto now. He was on the Mugen team as well, and he was like a good party guy as well, good fun. Oh, Derek so, yeah. definitely looks like he likes to party. And that that's when all of the... Um, before we used to have a big driver's banquet, which was all included in the entry fee. So there wasn't like a, oh, you have to buy this ticket to go. So everyone went and everyone looked forward to it, which is great again. You know, so everyone, you'd get all your cars ready at the track. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do it at the hotel. Mm-hmm. You'd do it all at the track. And then, uh, and then just look forward to the evening. So I don't know how we really did it in one day, you know, because we used to race all day. The same, it's the same schedule as what we have now. Get yeah, all that cars ready. yeah, yeah, maybe. So, uh, yeah, get all that done, and then we go out for a meal and a drink, and that was it, and have a good time, and then back at the track again. So, yeah, we went to this. I was lucky enough; it was on my birthday this day. We went to this um, the drivers' banquet, and it was like the Americans versus the Europeans. Like we we're having like singing contests as Jerry Lamb was getting, and it was just like it could be the weirdest or wonderful thing. And uh, one. I think the Germans, I think it was, um, oh, I can't remember the Germans. Oh, Reckwad, Daniel Reckwad and, and some other guys drove in with a car through the marquee right up to the bar and ordered a beer, so they got some points for that. Then uh, one of the English guys, I think it was Ian Oddie's mechanic, come in just totally stark naked with a GB sticker, you know, that you stick on the back of your car to punch where you're from. <laughs> his ass, order the pint and then run back out again. It was just crazy stuff like that. But yeah, it's good fun. RC guys just... going crazy at Worlds. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um this was Monzi's second win, the only, still the only person to win yeah. it twice. Yeah, Manozi. Yeah. Manozi. Oh, see, I said it wrong. Man I said Monzi. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and uh if in, and uh, in third place was Gennari, who was his young protege. Yeah. Stalin seemed to take uh, an older driver and then they have a younger driver's experience a bit like they do now. They still do a little bit of it now. Yes. So it's pretty cool. You know, you well, had Very with uh, Ongaro bringing him up and showing him because Very was always driving and uh, great experience, you know. But he's probably been around as long as me. I would say you know? so. Very lives for RC. It, yeah. Malgas, if it's Very good. didn't have RC, he would have nothing. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. And he loves it. He's totally passionate. Yes, he is. It, so. He is. And then we had, uh, yeah, Lawrence Harris finished third with Clive Show. So that was our best English achievement in the world's ever. Really? So Up to this date, yeah? yeah. Interesting. Yeah, English so far, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so after that. Back to, it was uh, back to England though, after this. Yeah. Well, to so, England, yeah, like, I should say. Yeah, 96, we had uh, the UK one. Again, awesome, awesome driver's banquet. Another fresh virgin grass, flat grass. So we had some actual some wooden jumps this time, like tabletop jumps, and because there was nothing natural to make it out of. It was a uh, historic car museum. So Beautiful. this was out on the, the lawn of the museum? 
Yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah. So you had to build everything, like the rostrum, everything. Yeah, everything. All the rostrum was built, uh, and then we had the uh, marquees for the food. Uh, so all the catering had to be brought in, and then we had the uh, marquees with all the tables because you sit on your country's uh, tables as well, like they still do now. But a lot of them have their containers now, so it's all mixed up. Where mm. Everyone was all sitting together. So uh, was this like? Would you say like? Hopes were high for the UK team at this point. Yeah, yeah at home, yeah. you guys had some fast guys at this time as well. Jamie Booth was time. Yeah, good match this time. So guys trying to be looking after him because he was riding the one tenth and then just doing the odd nitro as well. So yeah, he come, he come, and he, he, we, me and my wife pitted for him in the final. And we always remember that Mark Pavidas come in for fuel in the final in front of us. And we went out in front of him, and he always remembers that as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no, it's not driving Mugen again. So. So, so I have to, I have to ask: these grass tracks, they can't stay grass for long, right? They have to. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, what would you have started out like? Did, did, so, did you have specific grass tires, and then graduate to like dirt tires, or how did it work? Yeah, we had uh, we were using uh, like Medial Pro then, mm-hmm. so like a the Kyosho tire, which was a BSW forty, which is just like a normal pin tire. But the Turbo Rat was the popular, and so you had obviously you had the uh, green, which was soft, pink, which was uh, I think it was either super soft or medium, or no, sorry, blue was medium as well. So you had the, the pink, and then obviously the insert, you could have a pink foam insert, which was taped around. You know, like it wasn't a round piece, like a donut. It was like a, just like a band. A strip, yeah, yeah. Strip, that's it. And you stick that round. I remember those uh, type so, of firms too. Yeah. So the, the the Turbo Rat was the ultimate tyre for the grass, when the grass was on it. Uh, also, there was a, um, I think it was Hyboa or someone like that, come out with a what was called a step pin tyre, which mm. was like a pin. It had a smaller pin on top of it, so that was that was awesome in the, in the grass as well, especially in the wet. And you know, when it was wet, that was awesome. But yeah, the turbo rat was the most favourable because it worked on the grass and it worked on on the, the dirt that had been eaten through by the tyres ripping it up. And then after that, if it was like started getting hard packed underneath, then you'd go to like a a medial pro pulsar tyre, which is like a chevron, like but a bar knobbly. Quite a big knobbly. I think I, I I'm very I remember the turbo rat. Uh, yeah, I remember that. That was awesome. Uh, so Kyosho picks up win number three here. Sorry, yeah, Emma. Yeah, I'm that three. Was with, uh, another young Italian, unknown, unknown to everyone. What was making the uh, Italians so good at this time? They've always been good, but what was making them a step above everybody? I just think uh, they just. Again, they, they were used to racing on, on any any style of track. They were racing on similar tracks to us as well as the clay tracks. Okay. Alex so, LaFranchi. That's, he's on? Yeah. yeah uh, um, so. And he wasn't sponsored by anyone, I don't think. I think maybe his engines. I can't remember what engine OPS, he was using. Uh, Pico, according to, yeah. according to um, yeah, Wikipedia. Pico. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and he, unknown and he had totally it was like massive toe out camber was crazy you know positive and negative camber he had on the car totally slammed to the ground and he was just going around 
and he's just killing everyone. He's awesome driver. The European guys always had some crazy. You would always have some guy with some crazy setups. I always yeah. used to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, you crazy. know, like um, Paul Coleman told me, yeah, this who was it? Was it it's one of them? One of the guys? Oh, he was running one hundred and twenty-five thousand in his rear diff all the time, yeah. and I was like, what? Yeah. You know, when he was running like two one thousand, yeah. you know, crazy. Yeah. Always has some crazy off the wall setups that work for him. It's funny you say that because um, when we were uh, when the uh, Turbo Inferno came out. This is when we first discovered that you actually use silicon oil in the dips, you know, with all the grades. We were using different thicknesses of grease or owl diet and stuff like that. To really? Yeah. And the Japanese goes, oh, yeah, we use uh, we use this oil, you know, no problem at all. You guys didn't even in. know that. What? Yeah, we just packing it with grease and that, and, you know, I understand. It's just like, there you go, the internet information wasn't there, you know, it was like instruction manual, but it was telling you to put grease in or, or oil. Right, you wouldn't know that either. You would have to learn that. You wouldn't learn that till you actually got to the track. So, yeah, we didn't pick that up. It was quite good because we used to have, like, uh, big team meetings with all of that. While the world was going on, we'd we'd have uh, all the team drivers would meet in a hotel room. Not a room, but, you know, a function room. Mm -hmm. So it'd be, like, uh, 75 car show drivers there. (laughs) You know, that's what it was like in the world. And we'd all be talking about what what we liked and what we didn't like and obviously... Japanese didn't like hearing what they didn't like. <laughs> what we didn't like. You know, it it seems so simple now, but yeah, I guess you wouldn't know that information without, yeah, yeah. just actually being so there. We were, talking about, we were talking about different information and oils and stuff like that, you know, different pistons. And, you know, the Germans were always trying to redesign the car to make it like a Volkswagen instead of a Japanese car. <laughs> it's quite interesting. <laughs> Come out of the design and you wishbones yourself, and it's like totally against, you know, the way can I works. Everything on the car has to be Kyosho. You can't use anything non Kyosho on it unless you're gonna. This is the only time you'll, if you if you do it and you win, and I think Mark Pavidis has proved that because he used the Ferroni chassis and the big Ferroni shocks, and they said to him, you can use it, but you have to win. If you don't win, you're finished. I, it was no joke back then, man. No joke. Oh, no. Oh, you're under contract. You're a contacted car show driver, and that's it. And the rules are strict. Even even to painting your body, the windows have to be how can I did the windows. You know, you can't you can't miss off the back window. It has to look like the kit on the box. You know? But that little attention <laughs> to detail was why they were so dominant. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Why they were so dominant. All right, um, we're going to move to 1998. So we're getting up to the years that I kind of started. Well, 98 I didn't, but starting in 2000, yeah. I kind of follow it. I found a souvenir from Sweden. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, that's a 2000. That, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. The, that's the 1998 World Champ. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's the World Championships. Yeah, Sweden. 2004. Yeah, that was 2004. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Was that a trophy yeah, yeah. or just like a... Everyone got that. Really? Booked in. That's yeah, nice. Everyone, everyone that participated got that, and I thought it was really nice at the track. And if you can see that design, they got that idea from the Austrian track, you know, where we were saying about the, the mm-hmm. W up the hill. So they they created that hill and did that design because they thought it was pretty cool. It's still there too. Yeah. Still like that to yeah. this day. Yeah. To this day. Um, so 1998... Uh, 
ends the Italian dominance, and then we see yeah. the, the first and only so far German, Daniel Reichert, take the win with Kyosho, yeah. giving Kyosho their fourth win in Portugal. Yeah. First Portugal, world's in yeah. Portugal. Yeah. First world's in Portugal. Portugal. And that track, we went there in 93, the European Championship, uh, in Cumbria. Oh, yeah. That was it. Was it up high? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because Cumbria is like... Yeah, middle, middle of Portugal, isn't yeah. it? So you can either go into Porto or, or Lisbon and drive up from there. So it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It's pretty pretty cool, straight freeway in Portugal. You know, no speed limits. What about this track? What do you remember from this world, this track? Uh, well, the track was supposed to be somewhere else, but they couldn't... They, couldn't get permission or something it was going to be on there because they had like a olympic athletics track right next door to it and it was going to be built there but mm. so we were quite surprised that it was that track again so it was quite a, a small facility but they did really well in pulling it on and this is where we saw the young uh Mateus for the first time miguel well. yeah another legend yeah and he was crazy fast with an os but he had it so lean I think he burnt about three engines out and killed bugs, everything. And I couldn't believe it. And I knew he wasn't going to last. You know, it's such a shame because he's an awesome driver. He still is now. He proved it for this year, race, didn't he? I, I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the quarters, like at the world. Yeah. I yeah, would not be surprised. Him. Or. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matthias, he's like, I think uh, most people have him done. Like, I think him and Yannick go down as two guys that should have probably won a Worlds, but never did. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, Rackwood, first German, only German. Uh, I don't think yeah. we've really seen a, a German since him of that. Maybe Jorn was a little bit, you know, he was good. Uh, yeah. The Killex, even yeah. though they're from Turkey, they, Turkey, they represent. Germany yeah. as well, but yeah, Rackwood was the the. I haven't really heard of any really fast Germans since him in eight scale. And he used the RV engines, and he had them dialed, and he had a good mechanic, his brother Matthias, so he could trust him in whatever he did. You know, so he knew that he had someone there that was for him. You know, and that was it. So that's what made them a great team, very strong team in Europe and in and in the world. So yeah, but he had a great battle. He didn't get it all his own way. He had. Um, uh, Lachat. Yeah, Felipe Lachat. His dad was a good, another, it's crazy, isn't it? On road designer. His dad was uh, the on road designer for the road shift scale. And um, he used to do the, the, you know, the rally art one as well, you know, the GT cars. Really? So, yeah, he was using it well. So, Lachat, and it was like a, crazy looking car it went against everything else it was like a like a speed mobile you know i mean like one of the, the body the only way you could describe it is like the salt flats sort of design great big body and wing. was rules still yeah. lax at this time like you could get away with a lot more stuff or was it a lot of rules at well, time well, the, well, the rules was the rules were still there within reason you know wing okay. sizes uh, you know the, the body you know if you really look at rallycross rules the body you can have you know, over you can have the bodywork over the wheels if you want. That's what they were looking for because it is rally cross. Okay, it's not not like buggy really. Right. You know what? But you don't you don't see people going so far no. outside of the box anymore. No, no, not at all. 
So, so yeah, that was a different, you know, obviously it had inboard suspension as well on the Leroy car, kind of different, like not with the shots laid up, it was like laid down with inside and that, so it's pretty cool. The suspension is very good on the car. And so this track in Portugal had a first bit of multi-surface as well that I noticed at the Worlds as well. The um, had a tarmac section in it with uh, whoops and rollers as well. Nice, but small. The track was small, you said? The facility was small? Yeah, the facility was small. The track was small because it was right in the, in the town, right in the middle of the town. Really? Next, uh, there's an Olympic track, yeah. So basically, you went over a river and it was sort of a triangle cutout and had some parking in there as well. But they did well, you know. It was uh, it was good enough for the world anyway. The track was good, really. Yeah, I... um First time I see Degani as well. Yeah, that was his first world. He finished like way down. He was driving Laru. He finished way down. Yeah, that's it, Leroy. Yeah, I beat him there. So yeah. <laughs> he didn't tell me that part. That's my best qualification in the world. Saxton beat me by one point for the semi final. To make the semi final, then you had to be in the uh, top 15, I think it was. Because TQ automatically went into the final then. That wasn't straight four direct in it was TQ went into the final which I thought was pretty cool because I think you should, should I think you should too for achievement man I think you but should I think too they, they changed the rules after that and followed what the Europeans did as well which is a shame so uh, yeah so the uh, Frenchy TQ'd it and got in and uh, Saxton beat me by one point so I was in the quarterfinals instead of the semi-final so I was gutted about that yeah, but that's not too bad because then this is like when Saxton kind of became the king of our offer it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say after this. Yeah. And he went on a I, tier. I, yeah, I remember him racing just trucks when we used to get a helmet. Yeah. Racing RC10. Well, that's what the Americans at this time, that was still the. I, I, if you talk to Greg, right. he'd be like, eight scale was second and trucks was still yeah. king for us. Yeah. It's like nitro. Nitro one temp scale truck, yeah. slipper clutch, stuff like that. Yeah, so. But I think that started to switch. I think that started to switch when in two thousand because that's where we go to now. The first worlds in America. Yeah. That, so yeah. Degani tells me that Saxton spent over ninety thousand dollars putting on this worlds back then, which would be about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars right now. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, good sponsorship because Richard is in the know of people. He's a nice guy, so he could, you know. Took the leg off a dolly, really. Tell his mum for whatever he needed, you know. So it's pretty good. So we went there, and we've never seen such a higher rostrum. I heard then that. I heard it was very scary. Oh, mate! And, and he had so many sponsorship banners from all the sponsorship that he got. I thought he was going to blow down at one time. It was because it was really windy. You know what babies right. can be like. Yes, and just get up. And it was like dust storms and everything like that. And I thought, that's, and when we got, me and Jamie Boo, I remember we got halfway up. And when I get nervous, I start like laughing or messing around to get overcome the fear because I'm not good with heights as well. But Jamie Boo was like crawling on all fours, getting scared by this time. And plus the wind was blowing at that. So I started bouncing up and down, you know, it's like in five or things in the stairs. And he's going, don't, don't. And he's hanging on. And it's like, when I got up to the rostrum, you know where you hold on the rostrum and you think, I don't want to let go. It's like being on a fair ride. You know, you, you think you think you can't hold on anymore. It's a crazy feeling. So I can't believe. And 
there is the biggest set of doubles. They look small now, but to us, these doubles are massive. <laughs> and, and you must you must see that. So, this stand was like three stories high, I was told. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the rostrum was. Yeah. yeah. So when you, it's crazy when you're looking down, you know, the pit man, just, you could just see their heads. And that's it, really. Wow. It's crazy. This, uh, yeah, this was, uh, they went big. <laughs> I just remember everybody saying the same thing about that. Um, Matthias was fast at this race too, I believe. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, everyone this was fast. Believe yeah. this was fast. Everyone was fast. Yeah. But Kanai got his win. Finally got his win. And he wasn't, and he qualified. I think he was in the quarters. He even got, a, I can remember him getting a stop and go. Really? In the quarters. Yeah. Yeah. And he still, he still got through. And I couldn't believe it. I think he, I don't, I can't remember the number on his car, but I don't think he was in the top six to start off. But the um, the, uh, the two massive double jumps in the end where people were jumping one of them, I think, and then just rolling the other two. That took its toll. If you got it wrong, Quartz broke his car there. Mateus broke his car there. Pavidus um, uh, made the final, yeah, but he's, he had the O'Donnell, O'Donnell head again, and it was hot, and he was only making five minutes to run run the engine so rich to keep it going. So he was only doing five minute fuel stops and he had the engine cuts again, which was a shame. Yeah, and I think this was another lots of Kyoshas in this main. If yeah, I, yeah, I think the final, the most we had, I think it yeah. was in the finals. I think Germany was six we had in there then. Interesting um, but, stuff. Yeah. Uh, so can I, yeah. the party must have been on in Vegas. Kanai wins. Yeah. Oh, it must have been. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even want to know what type of shenanigans you guys yeah. got up to in Vegas. Uh, best, uh, best trophy presentation of all with Barry Baker. He's an awesome commentator. So oh, yeah. He was doing the, and uh, everyone was buying him shots. And my, I remember my friend Tim, Tim Long, who works at Newgen, and uh, he was by. He brought Barry about five shots, and he just come down while the presentation was on. You know, it was all just like off the hip. It was pretty cool. It wasn't all planned out like it is now. And uh, and, and unfortunately, you have to pay to go for a ticket to go to the trophy presentation now where everything was all included then in your entry fee, which is such a shame because it just puts people off from going when they've got to pay for a ticket for their... The driver gets one free, mm. but you can it, you have to pay for it. And if you're with your family and that, you imagine it's sort of like uh, $80 to get into something like that each that's crazy. Yeah, that's not cheap. When it should be, it should be all included. I think that once you look at that, you know, that presentation is important. You know, if you win the world championships, yeah, if you win, you'd pay for all your family to come and watch you get a world championship trophy. But if you finished in the top twenty, you probably wouldn't. Yeah, you know, I haven't, I haven't been to a lot of presentations because we just didn't bother because it was a fee. And, that, and that's my sort of protest against it. You know, it should be all included or do the do the presentation at the track. Well, I mean, the world's entry is like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. you know, at least, and I'm pretty sure that the yeah. track actually has to put on the banquet. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Ifmar doesn't put anything into it. Oh. So, oh. they should. Yeah, Ifmar yeah. should give some of the money that they make off the entry and and then do a banquet yeah. for free. In my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion. So that was, yeah, like I said, it was the best one. And Barry Baker, by the time he was announcing the winner. <laughs> It was like paralytic. 
and he passed out afterwards and they had to carry him off and he'd be can't remember the next day <laughs> oh man Barry hasn't messaged me for a while I haven't pissed him off about uh, Fenn recently so he hasn't messaged uh, me for a while it's unfortunately he won't be coming to Spain he was planning on go- yeah. coming but he can't get off time off work uh, so it would be good um all right, so that was also, for people that don't understand, the 2002 Worlds was held in Las Vegas in the parking lot of the Silverton Hotel. So, yeah, which, is just, which is just above where we were for the Worlds in 2016 in uh, Vegas, wasn't it? So, yeah, just really? around the corner. Yeah? Yeah, because I had a look at Silverton, yeah. I could, I could imagine how scary it was. Because, look, when I was at Silver State this past March, May, sorry, the wind whipping yeah. through outside there yeah. was crazy. Imagine being that high up on a on a on yeah. scaffolding in two thousand yeah. <laughs> with a whole bunch yeah. of banners on it like a big sail. Crazy, crazy. But uh, mm. yeah, can I get this wind? That's was because yeah. we were in the hotel in the Silverton Hotel. We just walk out past the pool straight into the pits, and there's a good video by uh, Gene Hustin. From uh, associated, he did a video of it, so you have to look for that as well. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I have to find it on YouTube. I think I remember watching this world. We had a somebody had a CD or DVD of it, yeah, and we watched it. And um, this is around the time I think, yeah, 2000 was kind of when I was getting into eight scale, so I started to pay attention, but it still was just magazines coverage or you know, somebody that went there. But now, when I noticed that. It was more team-based orientated mm-hmm. as well, like in Kyosho, and then it was uh, Tebow's first world. I think he was 13 then. Um, I can't remember. What was the car? Everyone, I Thunder Tiger. Thunder Tiger, that's yeah, it. He was yeah. running Thunder Tiger that time. Thunder Tiger, the Dunn, Steve Dunn, and that one using it. Everyone was using a Thunder Tiger then. It was well, this like is also chain. when... America was starting to emerge really as a superpower in, in eight-scale racing. They had always been one in 10-scale racing, but now this is like, I call I think, this the attitude era of RC, like yeah. the Ghani, Quartz, yeah. all these guys. They nearly used their uh, entry allocation up with 50 this time. I think they nearly made it. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't even have 50 no more. I think it's 30 no. now, 30? Yeah, yeah. It down, yeah, which is fair enough, isn't it, now? So. Yeah, that's not too bad for that because that obviously that includes Canada as well, I think, yeah. isn't it? And that side of it because it's got region, isn't it? Because obviously we get a European quota and they have to divide it by that. So right, because the UK only off, gets like how many spots? Or four or three places if we're lucky. Yeah, that's not enough. Them. No, and after that they decide they share it out again. It goes round and it gets splits off from country to country. So whoever gets the next spot. And it goes, gets offered around again in that order, missing out. So if the UK had it, and it goes mm-hmm. to everyone else. If no one else wants to take it, you to- get another option to take it, and that's how it works. Yeah, it's unfortunate because they have to split up yeah. that same amount of ventures, or oh, wow, amongst so many different countries in Europe. So, yeah. and there's so many countries that have good drivers, but there are some that are better than the others. So maybe, yeah, I get it. Uh, all right. I know what we're gonna we're getting into the two thousand and two. This was the first American win by the most Vegas huh? was the pop Vegas was the popular for America to win. That's when I thought uh, America were gonna dominate, which they did it in some some respects. I don't even think Saxton made the main 
I don't think he did. No. Yeah, and he was no. the hot, like he was the guy at this point. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. He has no luck at Worlds. No luck. Zero. No. No. Speaking yeah. of luck, because yeah, because we're going to talk about what happens in his next race. Uh, yeah. Punta del Est, Uruguay. Uh, yeah, Uruguay is awesome. Um, yeah. We cannot yeah. get video. Like, I have been searching and searching and searching. Like, Greg's had been asking me for years. Find somebody yeah. who's got video. He's looking for this guy. He he thinks somebody who has. It's unfortunate we don't have any real video of some, this race. I've got some video of it, but it's on my old recorder that doesn't work anymore. So I'm looking for a. If I have a Sony, you know, a Sony uh, high eight, or not a high eight, but an eight millimeter player, mm-hmm. I've got loads of footage of all of the worlds from that era. Vegas, everything. And I can't. It's all locked in on these little cassettes. Yeah, shame. Unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Can't I can't get one every time the price is crazy. They want something like three hundred quid for it. Yeah, that's too much money. Yeah, too much money. Uh, Going into this race, America was definitely riding. uh, Yeah, definitely. Like it was no more. To be honest, I I can't even. Matthias was the only uh, European that was probably really on the American level at that time from. Yeah, if I think about yeah. it, um, and Rekwad, Rekwad still, still Rekwad was still still in the mix. Yeah, where was Yannick yeah. and those guys? Not not nowhere on at that time. Uh, yeah, just about, just right. about, yeah. yeah. But this was uh, undecided. Then I think I, I think everybody yeah. thought like that. Um, the Americans that would win this would be like Chad Bradley, Richard Saxton, Pavitas, Quartz. Yeah. And yeah. I, this gets Greg upset because he, I wrote a blog and he goes, I was, he, he tells me how much he practiced and planned and put yeah. into winning this world. And he thinks that he doesn't get enough credit for that sometimes. He went to the warm up race and he was okay. I thought Chad was better than him. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought Chad was hot favorite to be honest with you. It was our main competition. I would no say so. But Chad was the one that was looking as though he was going to, do anything from Eugen, you know, at that time. Broke his pipe. Weirdest thing ever. Yeah. It's a stupid thing. Same as Pavidus. Pavidus went out in the semi-final. Ball joint popped off. You know, this this thing. No LCQs back then, right? No, mm. no. And it just popped off. And that was it. It cost him a lap. And this is where the engines were more reliable now, you know. More, more effort in everything. Team-based. This is where we were getting containers with people with, uh, looking after the engines, the tyre containers like Proline, you know, all that lot coming in. So you know what Greg said? Think- he said he went on there a month prior to the Worlds with Bradley in practice as yeah. well for yeah. a week. And I don't I- think he just went for the practice, did he? <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we... Tim Long calls Jerusalem. It was crazy, Greg. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, it's Greg. Greg loves to travel, and he lo- he enjoys when he travels. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, he wasn't even. Um, I don't think he was even on like the eight. He was on the A team in America, but not like. Uh, so he, he was he was he was all right then. He was on a good budget. Okay, he gone otherwise. Okay, yeah, Greg in his own money going out of race. <laughs> <laughs> he said he didn't use his own money to go down the second time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He said, he told me something, because he's been calling me every day. 
because he's yeah. super excited about the world's coming up. So he told me a story yeah. that he said, I have, did I ever tell you this story? I was like, no. He goes, so I did this thing to Yuchi Kanai for a whole year prior yeah. to the world's. And he yeah. says he went to Yuchi Kanai and said, you have one year left as world champion. And he says, he says yeah. right up until the final, when I got up on the stand on the final, I said, you have one hour left as world champion. Yeah. And he said, he's, I said this in front of everybody. Yeah, and uh, he true. says, he totally mind screwed Kanai. Even at Kaiser Masters. And Kanai was so prepped up for this. He had spare gearboxes, everything. Every time from his bump up final, it was like uh, new gearboxes on. Mm-hmm. Every time, front and rear, straight on, all built, ready. Wow. That was it. It was amazing setup he had. And there was something stupid on Kanai's, something like the clutch. Some oil got onto the clutch and it was slipping for ages. It took about five minutes to clear. A bit like what happened to Runnerfolk in yeah. Australia. Yeah, that was unfortunate. And yeah. and Saxton forgot to come in for gas twice. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. He had a mechanic that I'd never met before in my life and he was screaming at him. I, I felt sorry for the mechanic. And just Richard was in his own, you know. <laughs> so he was racing. Uh, it was Richards. It was Richards. Like he TQ, and he just killed everyone. And his car was so good. He had it all set up in a rough and shoegoo and everything. You know, he loved the shoegoo one. That's all I remember of Richards when he made stuff. Chewing gum and just putting the shoegoo on the nuts. And, <laughs> yeah, loved it. Yeah, guys used to. So, um, yeah. People laugh, but I remember seeing like guys coming. The cars coming off after big wins, and they would have. Everything like the the needle would have the the high speed needle would be completely sealed, so it couldn't get. Oh, I was crazy. They went through yeah. so much stuff back then to do this. But yeah, Greg Nagani gives Kyosha. That would be Kyosha's one. Let's see, one, two, three, four, six. Yeah, six wins from a very yeah. unexpected uh, Greg Nagani. But he says he should. He, he always reminds me. I I qualified second overall. I said okay. But where did you start? Because yeah. I started like fourth or fifth, I think, in the main. But I did qualify second of all, so I was, I still had fast, I still was faster. Yeah, but you, like we say, you've got to be in it to win it. Yep. He, he did all that stuff. He had a good mechanic, Reagan LeBlanc. Yeah. So we don't see a lot of him no more. He's still friends with me on Facebook. And he's been, me, he's been uh, commenting on a lot of my posts lately. Yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, so I think he, 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 uh, he, I think he's reminiscing uh, a little bit. Yeah, he owes Greg owes. Reagan a lot because he was he was thorough with the fuel stops everything he was fine teeth over with the mechanical side of it as well so and I learned a lot from him as well watching him what he does so yeah Greg Greg almost blinded him yeah probably (laughs) before throwing a tire at him crazy crazy it was definitely the attitude era of RC these guys were rough fun yeah yeah. They were rough. They were they were they were racing hard. They were pl- playing hard off the track. If you if you yeah. if they liked you, they liked you. If they didn't like you, you know it was going to be rough. If, yeah. if they liked you, it was going to be rough. If they didn't like you, it was going to be even more rough. So yeah. it was definitely yeah. a, a very. I remember Tebow talking about how they kind of hazed him, like he was so young, and how like all the yeah. guys used to treat him so bad back in the day. But I was like, yeah, oh, just crazy yeah. times. He had a broken foot as well. His foot rest went through his foot. So when he was on the plane, he said that his foot got twice as big because he'd only just had an operation or something like that on his foot. Wow. wow. So it was uh, Billy 
uh, Billy Easton. And they were running in front of the Tiger still then. So, yeah. So Billy Easton at the 10 scale nationals here a few weeks ago. First time I've seen him yeah. in years. Yeah. I haven't seen him for a long time. Still, looks, yeah. still looks the same, like he hasn't aged. Yeah. Hasn't aged yeah, one bit. Nice. All right. Uh, 2004. So we shared this track earlier. It was in Sweden. This is, I would think, yeah. like eight scale was the most. I think in 2004, like 10 scale was very much on the decline. Eight scale was king. 10 scale yeah. truck was on the decline too. Truggy was starting to rear its head. We go to Sweden, yeah. to Furland, which is yeah. uh, Jessica Paulson's home track. Her dad, Michael Paulson. He was fast too. He was a favorite to do well at this race. Um, yeah. This track was very difficult. I remember because uh, this now we had starting grid. So now we had, yep, there we go. <laughs> yeah. And it's really one of the most, I think it was permanent facilities you could it's get. It's still the it's same. Still, there now. still the yeah. same as it is now. Might have changed a little yeah. bit. Uh, different, different coverage was different well. this time. So we had yeah. internet and we had the starting grid going. So we was able to see things a little bit more in in, okay, it might have been a day later or a couple of days later, but we was able to see it. It's better than in three months. Uh, I was actually yeah. in England during this race. I was up in Teesside, right. and I was trying to get over to Sweden for yeah. the weekend just to come watch. I was with cool with Paul Coleman, and he was like, just come over. You have a place to stay. But I never made it, but I remember the big buzz was rocks. Yeah. Was the big yeah. issue here. It was like some small little pebbles, yeah. and it was jamming people's flywheels and getting in people's gears. And I remember everybody trying to make some protective Lexan shields. The um, trouble is it held it. But the, the best thing we found afterwards, it's always afterwards, is, is like foam, like a dense foam. And you just put it in there and it stops it from there, but it won't hold it in. It'll bounce it out. Really? So it fills the place up, yeah. So that's what we found to stop the rocks getting there. So. Quartz? I think, I think this is one of Quartz's races that he was really, like, I think Quartz was at his peak at this yeah. time. Yeah. I heard yeah. he almost, <laughs> the Greg says he almost beat up, uh, got in a fight with Jessica Paulson's dad yeah. at this race too. Yeah, and, and that was at the warm-up. And then, uh, yeah, I think it was uh, Mikhail's mum tried to ban Quartz from coming to the World <laughs> Championship facility. But I think uh, Ishmael overruled it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So crazy. So, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Yannick Igon was the fast guy here. Yeah, and uh, for some reason, the story goes, his dad recut all the new fuel lines and mm-hmm. just made it a little bit longer. And, uh, and he got he got thrown out, which is it's a great shame. you know. Half a cc, I'm rules. told. Half a cc. Yeah, rules are rules. But I still think, I still think the rule needs to be changed, talking about tanks. If, when you come off, when you come off the track, your tank is blown up with all the hot air in it. It's mm-hmm. oversized. So when you when it actually gets scrutinized, if it's oversized, it's oversized because it was on the track oversized. So right. it's, it's bullshit about leaving it 10 minutes, taking it out of the car to cool it down, and then you test it. Yeah, it's, it's gone back to a legal size then, but it wasn't legal when it was going around the track. So they need to cut all that bullshit. If it, whoever, it should go in order as well. So number one should get checked first. Number two, second, number three, in that order. Because you won, you're in scrutineering first, and that's it. Well, I think that's how they did it in 2021 at the Nationals. And I think that's why um, Cole and Ty 
were 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 yeah. DQ'd because they were the f- one and two, I think, or first yeah. and first. That's, that's the rules, and that's how it should be. And I think I think um, where you have this facility to put uh, an extra piece in that screwed in the tank, that should be illegal as well. So it thanks for that. Yeah, tanks should be tanks, and not have a insert you can put in or out and screw mm-hmm. in. I know what you mean. Be, yeah, it should be. The, the, the tank's got to be that size, even whether it's hot or cold. And that's it. So you're saying make an actual s- smaller tank to make up for, th- I, like, I know, like, the JQ yeah, car had, like, a 123cc tank. Yeah, or well, you can do the tech before, mm-hmm. and it's all fair. But with the before tech, your mechanic can change stuff. He can change the camber while he's in the pit lane before you start. He can do a lot of things. You know, so I think that after tech is the best way. I'm pretty and sure I we're going to see some fuel drama next weekend. I'm pretty yeah. sure. We'll do because of the heat. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else? So, yeah, he, 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 do, he, and Yannick was like, he was, if Quartz was America, Yannick was. Um, Europe at this point, you know, he was really fast. I think he was driving Habal. I want to say maybe at this time was he? What was, this, what was Yannick driving at this time? I think it was a. I think it was a Chrono. Oh, okay, all right. Either a Chrono or a. Um, no, sorry, yeah, he won the, Yannick won the European Championship with a Chrono there. Okay, so I think next year this is when he was racing Thunder Tiger. He got involved with Thunder Tiger. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, and I found the Tiger engines as well. He's trying to get them developed with his dad and, uh, and his brother. But so then it was awesome. like but, no uh, name, Guillermo Ray. Like, where did he come from? Never heard of him yeah. before this. Yeah, him and Jerome. I still can't believe they're twin brothers, you know, born on the same day, not identical. And they look totally different, don't they, really? It's only the eyes that look the same. Was he, was he ever a threat? Like, was he fast in Europe at this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was super fast. It's always the engines letting down. Really? Yeah. yeah. So he brings uh, Mugen their their second win of out of this and breaks the the dominance is, that Kyosho had exhibited at this time. This is Gillian Veray. Yes. Won it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a funny story with Gillian Veray. He, he said, oh, "I want to leave Kyosho," and he left. And he, but it was the most dramatic. Uh, I've ever seen. Really? The, what uh, happened? Was he was he really upset at Kyosho? Oh no, not not about that. He he just left and said, "I I want to I want to use Mugen," and that was it. So obviously it upset Kyosho that he went to Mugen. It was obviously a Japanese company, but the, the final was so dramatic because Matthias was leading, two laps in, engine stops, stone hit the flywheel. Providus, uh, same thing. I think he had a, uh, an engine issue where the stone got in and stopped it. Then uh, uh, the Spanish guy. Vega. Vega, yeah. But was Willerman fast in that time? Was he Was he still a, a, like, was he a threat at Euros and stuff like that? The uh, Vray? Not really. Yeah. He, I think it... Uh, I think it not like Degani because Degani was showing himself in America as well, but Gillian mm-hmm. really, you know, he's made some European Championship finals, but before then he wasn't really showing anything, and that's why I think Kyosho let him go. To be honest with you, right? Maybe so, he was uh, like, he maybe had a chip on his shoulder, like, but 
I yeah. always call it new car syndrome. When everyone goes leaves from and gets a new car, they always win with it at club level or world level or European level. You know, they do something mm-hmm. good with it. You know, the first year, and then after that, they start trying to reinvent everything and work harder or over concentrate on stuff and don't do as well. So yeah, because I don't remember ever seeing his name much after this. Oh no, not before or afterwards. To yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. I remember in 2003 when Mateus won at Slough, when I was at the warm-up with him, I know I was on one of my home tracks, but I was battling with him all the way through. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was coming to the end of my sort of driving ability. You know, so, so yeah, it was a surprise because um, it was Danny, Danny Vega was leading it for about 20 minutes with the new game, and then his servo, steering servo just blew up, just stopped. Mm. So I couldn't believe that. So Miguel was coming up, and he, he ended up coming second. Quartz, I think he had uh, some an engine cut or a tyre come off. I know there's a famous picture on Neo of his tyres I think it was tyres coming off. One of the qualifiers as well. And I remember Regan shouting up to him, good job, the only job he had to do was glue your tyres. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Quartz was amazing driver, though. Amazing driver Quartz was. Yeah, so he was, I think uh, Quartz got third in the end. So, yeah, even with some tyres coming off and had to swap it over. And, yeah, and uh, Gillian Veray won it. it was, I think it was 10 minutes to go and he got the lead and stayed there. And that was it. There's so many failures. Everyone else was sort of like a, a lap down, you know, and then in the end. Yeah. In the top the front, that's where they're dead failures. Second Frenchman to win it. First, yeah. first one yeah. was French in 1986 was Frederick yeah. Vasari and then uh, yeah. Ray. Interesting stuff. And, and and there's been lots of fast French drivers. I mean, Renault, like, Renault probably at his peak could have won this race, I think. You know? Yeah. And um, yeah. So, yeah, interesting surprising. stuff. All right. Uh, 2006, the worlds that a lot of people didn't go to that they should have. Uh, Greg yeah. always says that this was probably the one world that he thought that Tebow sh- should have won, could have won, should have won, and 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 would have won if he had went, but he didn't. Yeah. yeah. So it was in Indonesia, Jakarta, Indonesia. There was some security, like uh, bulletin boards about not going, or it was like a security risk or something. Yeah, it was a bit alert, wasn't it? Yeah. So, and then a lot of the American racers, like the Cano Cavaliers, no Mayfields. I don't think Mayfield went, but you know a lot of those guys didn't go. But the the you guys did. You was there. Pavitas was there. The Ghani was there. Yeah. Once again, um, I was told that this facility was excellent. Yeah. Um, the hotel was excellent. Like it was a lot of fun, and that you guys felt secure the entire time you was there. Probably it was like being in it. It was like a, a Disneyland sort of place, you know, like an amusement park. Or like, uh, you can walk around all of that style and that. And a, yeah, and a uh, hotel complex within that with a lovely swimming pool and everything. I can remember Yannick and, uh, and Savoya messing around. And I could see it from my hotel room. Uh, Yannick threw a, uh, a tyre at him, like a pro-line tyre or a medial pro-tyre, and it smashed... Uh, Renault in the eye, and he said he couldn't see for the whole world championship properly out of one eye. So he did the whole world championship with like 20. It must be something with RC drivers and throwing tires and hitting people in the head, face with eyes, because that's what Greg done to Reagan LeBanc. Yeah, that's weird. Crazy. 
Uh, and Yano again got unlucky in that final where Lamarcy touched the flywheel. Flamed him out. Uh, he was leading, like a good lead. Yeah. Then the Greg says, like, I would have won my second Worlds, but my ho- crappy Hobio Spurger broke. Well, that's what he go- gets you down to high bar. Yeah, he went, he went to Hobio. Uh, he goes, I was the highest paid RC driver at that point. Yeah, but I'd much rather be world champion again, and he could have been world champion again if he was driving the car. Yeah? Probably, so, that's what, yeah. Or he says if he, because that diff, he, he always reminds me, that diff had, a, it was the 8.5, and the, it was the stupidest thing ever. It screwed onto the diff car. Yeah. It was so stupid. I had that car too. Uh, yeah. But then Scott Hughes took over the lead, and he swears Don to this day that Scott Hughes made a deal with Pavitas because he said, I've never seen uh, somebody blow out so bad. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what happened? Well, Pavitas went off the side of the track. Right. He lost his car first lap and he was you know he was on form all weekend and uh because I was pitting for him with uh Keevan Sharp and so um when they were battling together they were crashing together it was crazy not into each other but they just because because one crash you know it's like when one car crashes in front of you go oh, I think I've got a chance here and you go off fine and just lapse concentration you crash or go wide at the same place don't you and that's what happened and I shouted up to Mark, this was in the last 10 minutes of the race or something like that, or the last 15 minutes. I goes, take it easy, Mark. You're, you're doing okay. And he'd come in for fuel. And it was lucky. It was like two laps before he was due to come in, and I had a, a gun loaded. So it was so lucky. And he'd come straight in because it was just after where they both crashed, just after. So he come in. We filled him up, and we thought, we've got eight minutes to go. Yeah, that was it. Do you think he could do eight minutes? Because we were just doing 7.30 stops. And it was like maybe eight and a half minutes, something like that. So I kept shouting up to Mark, take it easy on the gas. And Scott said if he knew that Mark was struggling, he would have put more pressure on. So he was just driving the same old, same old, waiting for Mark to make a mistake. Because Mark was taking it easy, he kept kept in the lead. And that's how close it was. So Yeah, there was no deal. Uh, I mean, he just always says it. Uh, Scott Hughes wasn't even like an eight scale driver at this point. He was still like oh, a ten scale guy. Awesome driver. Yeah, yeah. Pavitas threw the radio down to you. I remember that's one memory you always have. I think you caught the radio. Yeah, yeah, he threw the. And I, I, I was scared because I don't know how I caught it, but <laughs> it's good to hear that someone's got a video of that as well. And uh, he threw it down. And I caught it, and then I started driving the car back, and it still had some fuel in it. I thought, blow it, and then I said. Is this illegal? Is someone going to put a protest in? I drove the back to the pit lane. You know what I'm saying? So I just left it. You, just <laughs> you never know. Idly. You never know. Crazy. You never know you could put a protest in. I didn't want to ruin that for that. So I just went. Right Did you back. ever see any protests in your time up to this up to this point? Uh, not really. Mm-hmm. Not really, to be honest with you. I think the only one we've had was uh, 2018 with Angaro. Yeah. Yeah, which is a, it's a great shame as well. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and I and I didn't like that. You know, they had someone who was racing. You know, no disrespect to Mike, but uh, he shouldn't have been in there checking the radio. Either. They should have had the proper official checking that. They should have. Like, they should have. And that's what caused a lot of the problem. But I'm glad they never found anything. Yeah, I'm glad. To, I'm glad that put a lot of that that whole gyro nonsense to rest. Yeah. You know, I don't know why that, I know 
in, in Italy, it's illegal to use it. So if, you, if it's legal to use it and people are happy, but I don't think it helps you driving. It helps you driving, but it won't. When you've got a race properly at a world championship, you can't use one. So I can't see the point in using them. He's got a gyro. It's called his brain and his fingers. Yeah, right. The guy's got talent. You could see that from a, a young age. The same yeah. as something like Tebow. There was a Tebow at Neo Buggy. He's, he's like a robot. Dead online. Just keep going around. Same pace. Same lap times all the time. If he made the mistake, it was an unusual mistake or caused by someone else. Yeah, but for sure. You could say that he had a gyro built in. It was in his no. brain as well. I've, I've watched Angaro enough to know that he's just good. <laughs> That's it. He's just yeah. good. It's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Pavidis wins. That's a good. That's a good victory for Pavidis. I think you yeah. know he becomes yeah. like a ten scale vic, ten scale world champion, touring car world champion, I believe, and a, a world champion. And really, like Pavidis was the creme of the creme of the Americans at that point too. I would say, and yeah. well deserved for him. Well deserved. All right. Um, now we kind of go on to 2008, which was a, which which even changed everything because now we could see this. You know, yeah. live RC was there. We could watch the race. Um, I remember I actually was ra- This is how that the farm too in Charlotte, North Carolina, Lance North, and then guys built a beautiful facility. I think um, yeah. they built this facility with the plan of actually holding the worlds. It had like. Um, a a big jumbotron and all this type of stuff and it looked really impressive did he own a nascar team or something like that? he used to drive nascar he used to drive nascar truck and he actually did a little bit of uh formula two formula what's the one below formula one formula two yeah yeah he did a little bit of that so lantern and guys used to do nascar i actually went to this track uh for the for rc pro series so i knew it was beautiful it was big Big driver stand, everything you needed for a world championship. International airport, Charlotte, uh, yeah. and also uh, for for us fans, Live RC was there, and this was the first Live RC coverage that they had done. It was great. We got to, we went from uh, waiting for magazines to get results to yeah. getting updates through somebody's text mess, somebody text messaging somebody from Uruguay in two thousand and two. To 2004, we had a little better coverage. 2006 was good, too, because I think, was it Live RC? Or at least Ray Wood was there. One of them guys were there. Yeah, I think it was I think it was Live RC was there for the first time. It was the first time I seen him with the cameras in all the corners yeah. and stuff like that. Pretty cool, yeah, because I was quite surprised. I got a message from someone saying, oh, Mike, I could see you out marshalling and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> quite surprising. And I see these little cams in the, in the corners and that. Didn't even realize that it was going on. Yeah, but going into 2008, we also saw a changing of the guard. Um, all these guys that we were talking about, Greg Degani, Quartz, Pavitas, yeah. Kanai, all these guys who have been relevant for many years in 8-scale. Then we see Losi drops their new car. Associated's got yeah. their car. There's a lot more chassis manufacturers. Comes yeah. in the time of Ryan Mayfield, Recavalari, Tebow. Well, Tebow was, these guys are still competing in worlds, but Tebow was probably the most successful out of them in 8-scale. Yeah. Yeah, and Tebow had gone away, and he, he was with um, O'Donnell car then, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He'd gone away for a little while. And, um, yeah, the hot favourites were uh, uh, Mike and um, Adam Drake. Yeah. Adam Drake had sort of come into it again, didn't he? Because he was, like, before that, uh, Temp Scaler, really, wasn't he? Temp Scale, yeah. uh, Nitro, that, you know, he was just doing that. 
Yeah, he really? uh, he started with eight skill with Jammin though. Yeah, with Halsley and yeah. Jammin was a big team at this time too. So they had a good yeah. uh, good squad going there, like Taylor James, who was really that was good. A, that was based off the GS car, wasn't it? Oh, uh, no, that off was... the um, Hong Noor. Yeah. Was yeah. it Hong Noor? Yeah, but I thought it wasn't General Silicons took it over at that time as well. I, I do it? not know. I think it was yeah. still Hong, yeah. Hong Noor. According to Housley yeah. when I interviewed him, it was. Yeah. Probably, yeah. But there was a lot of fast Americans. I remember Taylor mm-hmm. James was really yeah. fast at this race. Yeah. And Chad Bradley, yeah, that's- no, Chad Bradley was out of the mix. This was the last main. He didn't make the main. Yeah. So this is the last yeah. round. He didn't make the yeah. main. Yeah. And Mike Truey yeah, was so oh, fast. Yeah. Yeah, Truey. He was the car was awesome. He, he was the jumped, only one so. that could do that. That he would come around yeah. the corner, like double that that little hump, and he was the only one able to do that. And it's like landing in the middle of the sand pit as well. Yeah. All the time. He was so Just good. Yeah, so good. We see a we see a young Ty Tasman, fourteen years old, making the main. Yeah, yeah, he was like a robot then. Yeah, so he was like, a, I like, um, he was like Tebow, you know, to to watch drive. It was like everything was spot on. Yeah, good. Well, a lot of rain first few days of this. Yeah, rain killed a lot of the uh, old favourites. You know, it put them out of put them out of suit with that with that rain and that and. Um, that was unfortunately that was the only thing the uh, track didn't compensate for, you know, for for the rain and like I think it was one hose pipe and one wash basin and one airline, so there was massive queues to oh, get your clean. So and it was just like everything was red. The the sales in Charlotte must have gone up with the all the um, Wellington boots and wellies that everyone was wearing, fishermen wellies and, and that clay gets and, everywhere. Oh mate, yeah, everywhere. Terrible. And it's and it died and it just turns everything red. I remember um, seeing people that were cutting tires down to like half the size of what they were, yeah, and wheels and tires to try and get through the mud. It was it was like th- I believe practice and qualifying was just yeah. pure mud, but it ended up being a, a good world, a good final. Truri was yeah. w- once again fast, but then yeah. at Sushi Hara comes in, yeah, on road racer. Saving yeah, fuel, true. one less fuel stop, and and takes it and snatches it from Truri. Yeah, and again, again Mayfield was fast, but mm-hmm. engine again. There's always engine problems with him. Yep. Engine issue all the time. I can't believe it. You know, crazy, so. but definitely a change of the guard. So we're seeing these yeah. these new guys. Well, not new. They they were fast and ten scale, but these guys are emerging as eight scale. Um, you know, there's like the cream of the cream of the cream. It was a good world. It, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I was, and that, and that's when I said one day I'm going to go to one of these. One day I'm yeah. going to go, and we got yeah. to actually really see it. So it was it was a great turning point for RC as well with the coverage and all that stuff, in my opinion. And yeah, a, a handing a, a handing over of the guard, a passing of the guard from that attitude yeah. era to what we have now. I would say we had the new the new car show MP9 that just come out. Really. And, uh, yeah, and yeah. so everyone couldn't adjust to that, and and it was only uh, Cody that put it in the final. So Cody was our only hope, and he was young, and uh, just gaining experience all the time. How, how did it kind of feel coming from? I mean, Kyosha had dominated this for yeah. so many years, yeah. and then you come, yeah. and then two thousand eight is like, wow, look at all these fast yeah. guys out there driving these fast cars. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a time everyone, you know 
no disrespect, but all of them caught up. With I would, what I would say been. so too. I would. I mean, to be honest, you guys, your yeah. only competition up to that point had been Mugen, and they had won. Yeah. They had only won two up to this point. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, that's this. That's Hot Hotbody's first world championship. The first hot. The wow. Yeah. Well, which will be called HB Racing now, but um. Yeah, that gave them their first world championship and kind of announced them as, hey, it's not just the Kyosha and Mugen guys, but it's also you yeah. guys as well over here. And yeah. first of the three, but once again, OS, great engine, great fuel yeah. mileage, wins yeah. a sushi hara. Was you shocked to see a sushi win? Yeah, because he just come out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, just, he was just there consistently there all the time in the, in the points, you know, results and everything like that. Just... Would you consider him like the last, I mean, there is time, but last great, really, really good Japanese driver? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd say has so. to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Matsuka has, Narata and the guys have had shown some brilliance, but not like, yeah. not like Hara, no. I would say. He was, he's awesome in all different levels or mm. classes, racing money, on-road one-eighth, one-tenth EP on-road. You know, he even did a bit of one tenth. I remember him when he come to Basildon in '93. I think he was about 14, 13 year old then, driving. I think he made the final with um, with Yokomo. Really? No, no, not the final. Sorry, it, but it was his first World Championships. He was with Kyosho then. Yeah, it was. Um, it was uh, what's his name? Uh, Shin Shin Adachi. Shin Adachi. He was young as well. He was the same age as Hara then. And he was he was driving Yokomo then, and he made the final at Basildon in one temp. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah, and but this starts, I would say, this starts the Atushi Hara, Hara, Hara yeah. era because he was really yeah. good after this for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, was, he, um, he then goes on to 2010 where he almost wins. wins yeah. Uh, two in a row with yeah. Cody. Great battle with yeah. Cody, I'm told. Awesome. Yeah, awesome final. Let's talk about mm. that Pattaya. Not, it goes back to Thailand. Pattaya oil. No, was it oil? Oh, yeah, it was oil track. I, I never I never went. I was the only oh, you time. never went. Why, did, why didn't no. you end up going to this one? Just Oh, right, you did tell me. Sorry. I didn't yeah. yeah, we had a driver. And we sponsored him for two years. And then he decided after a lot of money and, uh, and sponsorship for two years, he decided he wasn't going to go. Was you was you upset not to like that broke yeah. your record? Yeah, I was pissed off because yeah, I wanted to go and I had there was even guys trying to hire me to be like their mechanic for other teams, and uh, and we, we couldn't do and it. And Cody won, was, and Kyosha yeah. won. That's the yeah, other sad that. thing about it. Yeah, yeah. Too bad because yeah. this was a great track and a good battle. Um, I think yeah. the thing that Greg tells me was the hardest thing was the actual track barrier because it was like a fence. Yeah, one foot high fence, and he says if you got too close to it, it will catch a car and rip your arm off quick. Yeah, so I see. I always remember because um, I actually see the Cody's winning car when we were in uh, Nuremberg show, and the drive shaft, the front drive shaft was like U shape. It was hitting the wishbone, so he must have hit something hard there because it was a brutal track, wasn't it? High yeah. grip, yeah, gearbox, banked oval but type yeah. turn straight away. Yeah, it was it was wild. But yeah, I could only I was. I wasn't watching it like live because I think the time difference and that, but I was watching the results, you know, so all I could see was like clicking over each lap 
I couldn't see what was happening. Yeah, Great win for Cody, the- though. Yeah, boosted awesome. his career to high heights, and yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, and then, but this then kind of ends the golden era of Kyosho there. The last yeah. win for that, yeah. for that yeah. era, and win number eight. Yeah, and yeah. um, I I think if you would have said in 2010 that that would have been Kyosho's last win, I think nobody would have believed that. No, no, because they were pretty pretty dominant with obviously Tebow TQ in, yeah. and then team based then. You know, America were American drivers were quite strong for Kyosho anyway. You know, they've had the best results, haven't they? If you look at the American drivers that have done the worlds, they're all yeah. It was the car you had to be, you had to drive yeah. to do well. It was yeah. just simple as that. Well, we've been with Kyosho up to that, wasn't it? So, yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, we can't talk about 2010 because you didn't go there, unfortunately. It was, would have been a great world yeah. if you would have been there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But 12, you go to Argentina. Now this, yeah. I was reading this blog because yeah. you did this one. Uh-huh. To, you met with Chris Boots. And you. Yeah. <laughs> the funny yeah. thing yeah. is you had a great plan going in, like about to avoid customs. I really liked oh, your yeah. thought think, thinking on thought pattern on that. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about that because the warm-up race was like an eye-opener. You guys got customs charged you an uh, arm and a leg, which I'm not surprised because. We didn't go to the, we didn't go to the warm-up. Okay. I'm glad we did because of that so we could see them all uh, one of my my friend Tim Long with Adam Drake and that was like stuck in customs for 14 hours because they wanted to charge him $2,000 for a box of tyres they were just making the prices up but they're just trying to make some money yeah yeah so I said to I said to Chris don't take any sports looking bags or OGO bags or anything he went okay no no I'll just get a normal suitcase but he loves an OGO bag Chris does and Elliot so he loved the nice style and everything like that. They were in style so back then. They were just coming into style. Yeah. So they just turned up. They just turned up with the two OEO bags. Cool. So they put it on the way. Overweight. That's going to be fifty pounds excess charge for like five kilos being overweight. Because with an OEO bag, you lose nine kilos with just the OEO bag with nothing in it. Exactly. <laughs> so he's lost all that. So we go through that bit. Then he goes through into the, um, you know, your security with your hand luggage. And, uh, sorry, you can't have that bottle of aftershave, Mr. Boots. We're going to have to throw that away because it's over 100 mil. He said, but yeah, it's, it's half full, though. And he said, yeah, but the capacity of the bottle is not what's in it. So, oh, my God. We don't get He always used to play the card where whatever airline he was using or he'd used in the past, you don't get this problem with Ryanair. You don't get this problem with... In like, in like the same when he's flying on Ryanair with British Airways or um, EasyJet. It's always like that. So he <laughs> get away with that one. He took his iPad out and they felt sorry for him and they let it go under, you know, under the under the plane. So he got away with that. So he paid £50 for the extra baggage and then he got away with another £50 search or posting his aftershave back. So he got his bag. So all he was carrying on the plane was his iPad. So anyway, we got through customs and they give you a, a little sheet of paper, if I did, to fill out what we had to fill out to give to them. But So we just waited until there was just a big queue and you could see inside the customs bit. So we just waited until there was a guy, both guys were talking to people and trying to rip them off or whatever they were doing to try and make the money. And so we just legged it through. Come on, Chris, quick, just drop the sheet of paper on the on the table and just went through and they were like calling us back and everything. So Chris is 
lugging these audio bags through with Elliot and that, and that was it. So we managed to get through. As soon as we were out of that bit, they couldn't touch us. It was quite funny. And Tim Long <laughs> did the same thing. Tim Long just gave the guy the paper and he was calling him back and shouting at him and he was just running. And that was it. <laughs> so we get oh, a taxi man. to the end. But they said, with Argentina, they said, don't go out of the hotel at night. Don't, don't do anything. You know, just stay in the hotel. Yeah, so he was in Buenos Yeah, and, that, and there was you could see you could see the track. We were staying in this hotel, Holiday Inn, nice hotel, and yeah, you had a bridge going over the freeway, but it was all caged in. So they said, when you're walking over that bridge, make sure you know someone who's walking behind you, and someone's not waiting at the other side, because that's what they do is they ambush you in the middle and just mug you for your phone or whatever you got on you, and you can't jump over. So you either get stabbed or give him your stuff. So uh, that was quite scary. Yeah, even jo- even Joseph said he didn't he didn't enjoy this world too much because of yeah. th- it was kind of a little bit shady, like taxi yeah. drivers ripping you off and all that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, because we got worried when we we got in the taxi from the airport, as we were told. But it was only a little journey, and the car was okay, and we managed to arrange for him to pick us up and take us back. So that was pretty cool. T uh, yeah, TQ. Even- Boots won TQ this. Unfortunately, they didn't yeah, make the final. I believe it. In the um, in their practice and that, Elliot was flying around, and uh, and Chris, me and Chris looked at each other and I said, "You sure he ain't been here for the warm up?" Because the way he was driving around, he was just killing everyone. And I, I can even remember Mayfield saying to him after I think he with a crash he TQ'd by ten seconds because Mayfield was in the same heat, and he said he looked at his times and he said, "Are you driving on the same track as us?" <laughs> It's quite funny. It's quite what, a compliment from people. What was, uh, I would say so too, what was it that clicked for Elliot, you would think, early at this race? It was just, I don't know, I think it was just the roughness of the track mm-hmm. uh, and just, we went with the setup we always know because for that year, I just kept Elliot on the same setup. I just made it and it was it was Tebow's Neo setup. Mm. We just kept the car the same. So And even in that heat, we used the same oils that we used in England. And he just knew the car, so all he had to do was learn the track. And this is where a lot of people go wrong. I that think, actually makes sense <laughs> because when you go to, I get loads. I get probably twenty people asking me. They send me a video of this track, and they say, "I've never been here before. Uh, can you give me a setup for what you think?" And I said, "Well, go with a setup where you last used in your car." And they go, "Why?" It's, I said, "Because you'll know the car." But use the track, you know, you've got to get used to the track. So if you know, if you change all the setups to what someone's told you, you don't know whether it's the car or the track. The most important thing is the tyres. Yeah, And it always, you, like, you get told, yeah, these are the tyres you need. But when you go there, something happens like it rains or the weather's hotter than normal and the tyres are wearing out quicker. So it's always, it's just a gamble of everything really, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. That makes sense though. You know, so that's what he did. He stayed on the same setup, and we um, we just stuck with that, and it worked fine. And I, you know, I checked everything over on the car. We put new servos in before the meeting, and usually we don't we don't change any of the servos. We know that they're going to last for that meeting. Now, servos are a funny thing, aren't they? They can either go straight away within the first five minutes for a brand new one, or they last. So you you, you don't know what, what you're doing the best if you put a new one in. It could blow, mm-hmm. or you keep the ones that you use for that meeting. So we did that, but I'm sure I can always. I can't see the video 
there was a video, or I think I was dreaming it, or I might have seen it myself, but I remember him hitting a marshal's foot quite hard mm. in the final. Because when we checked the servo, the, the, the servo melted. It smelted like a burnt-out speed controller when he came in. Um, but I'm sure the pin was bent. And it just made the servo just so stiff. Right. Everyone, funny, because everyone was saying, oh, you shouldn't use them plastic servo arms. And that's what we were using on it. But you broke we the servo and not the arm. Yeah. And it, and it was the servo that blew. And they always say it was a servo arm. It's quite crazy. And it wasn't. There was nothing wrong with a servo arm. We never had a servo arm rip. And no LCQ Only, at all, right? No, yeah. no, no. I was just totally gutted. It was such a shame because it was, yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure he would have won it if he was in the final. Yeah, and this is even now. I still think that we, TQ should go right through. I think TQ goes yeah. right through and and yeah. let them have a practice session or let yeah. or whatever. Um, unfortunate then, for 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 boots and you yeah. guys. Very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, and and like he got the TQ, but it wasn't all of the five. Obviously, we didn't have all of the five qualifiers because uh, I think one of them one of them got cancelled because we had a massive flooding. And uh, it's quite funny because they said someone told us that if the floods carry on, they'll go on the the championship will go on the um, the end, you know, the qualifying result. Right. So you would have so, won. Yeah. And and Elliot was going, no, I don't want to win like that. And I said, yeah, that's fair enough, but I'll take it. <laughs> and I think now, I think now he would take it. But what was what really pissed me off about that event? It was it was a great event, you know. It was in a dangerous area. I thought for for us RC, we had. We had the uh, Kyosho uh, cabin broken into and all the spares were disappeared. But it's funny, someone at the track knew who it was and all of that stuff come back, even all the T-shirts and everything. So that was crazy. But really? we, went to the driver's, we went to the driver's banquet because we thought Elliot was going to get a TQ trophy, paid for our tickets for me and Chris, like the driver gets free. This is when they started charging and that. We wait and uh, no TQ trophy. Have you ever known not to be a TQ trophy at the world? No, not at all. But well, I forgot Carl, this year. Carlos says it doesn't have to. It doesn't say anything in the rules about a trophy. It's just down to the club. Blah blah blah. And even even Robert Battle stood up because he obviously is world champion then, and uh, he stood up and said, "I can't believe that. That's disgusting." And he wasn't happy with Carlos or anything like that. And, and we just we just got up and walked out and left. We said, "See ya." We we stayed for the rest of the presentation, but once uh, once Robert had got his trophy, we applauded him, congratulated him. We just got up and went out. And we were disgusted, and it's always left a bad taste in my mouth, especially when we when we talk about the uh, the next world champ or the world championships later on in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I I haven't heard much positive things about this race. Obviously, it was a great. Yeah. It was a great race for Robert. He won it. Uh, yeah. Gave Mugen yeah. the third and so far final yeah. win. I mean, they still have yeah. a chance to win it. Yeah. When I, I said Test was going to be favorite as well, mm -hmm. it was quite surprising. Yeah. But I, I see Tess now we kind of see the emergence of these fast, at this time, well, Robert was a little older, but these fast young mm. European racers, the Ronald Fox mm. and, uh, yeah. you know, Boots and these guys yeah. that we have now. The first. Uh, where we because at this point, I would say that the Americans were dominating the 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 this the scene, the RC scene at this time. It was it kind of switched over. There were fast European guys, but the Americans had 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 
endured a, quite some time of being the guy. You know, he yeah. went through the courts, the Ghani, then Mayfield, Cavalry, all these guys were the top yeah. guys at this time. And then comes Robert Badier, Boots, TQ, yeah. Rana Fox making waves. He's won some European yeah. championships. Yeah. And um, also Ty Tasman was really, really, really yeah. good at this time too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And um yeah. yeah, it was it was unfortunate for Boots. It's it, Yeah. Like yeah. it's um it's it's hard just to make one of these finals, you know? And I think they need to really revisit this this rule because I I it's like I would it's a waste of time being TQ in my opinion. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make sense going for it if it doesn't really give you anything. No. no. Well, it gives you a trophy. Maybe yeah, it gives you a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it gives you a trophy. All right, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna couple we're gonna go through because we got about uh, we got three more to go. 2014 yeah. in Sicily on the concrete track, yeah. as they like to say. Yeah. Uh, sure. This was kind of shrouded in a little bit of drama yeah. at the beginning with the fuel. Oh yeah, yeah and it's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, the guy was trying to make everybody buy the same fuel or something like that. Yeah, I can remember there's a there's a great big sprinter, Mercedes sprinter van. It was just loaded up with all the fuel that he was gonna sell. And then uh Drake had brought his own fuel as he always does, smuggled it in somehow or in someone's shampoo bottles or something like that, whatever he does to get it through. <laughs> He's just, just paranoid about using his own fuel, so that's what he does. And so he stopped his engine up in the pits and like the guy was going mad because you weren't even supposed to bring any nitro fuel in to the facility. And so Drake has just filled his car up. <laughs> and the guy goes, right, shut the whole thing down. No one can use any fuel apart from what's coming out of this van. So it was a great big standoff. There was Dallas there and there was Carlos. Carlos was like, I think Carlos knew what was happening, but he just, because Carlos, after that had happened, two days later, he had to go home for some reason. So he didn't stay for the rest of the World Championship. Oh, really? So I yeah. So I don't know what happened there. It was quite interesting. So what ended up happening? So they basically were just trying to make everybody use the same fuel. Yeah, and it was like threatening Phil as well. You know, he was broadcasting it all, and he posted some bad pictures up about like this van being laden down, and this is where you get your fuel, you know, being sarcastic. And he was sort of like... He was getting like threats to get beaten up and sent away from the thing. It was really bad. So yeah, we were, when we were scared being in where we were as well, Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were going to end up with a horse, horse's head next to us. <laughs> so what eventually happened? What was the? Did you guys mediate? I don't, know. I, I don't know. It was like behind closed doors negotiation with Ifmar and Dallas and that. And Dallas didn't take no shit. So, uh, so bless him. So he, I think he, I think it's thanks to Dallas that that went ahead. I don't think it would have happened otherwise. Um, so, uh, yeah, I th was yeah. So Ronafuck was still on Kyosho at this time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronafuck, yeah, and uh, he in the semi final he got stuck on a pipe. He was in fourth place in the semi final, doing okay. Got stuck on a pipe, trying to rev it up, you know, trying to get back over. And I think the flywheel just caught. Just caught the um, the pipe and cut his engine, and that was it. And Boots so didn't out. make. Did Boots make the main? Boots, yeah. No, Boots. No. Um, he's. I wasn't mechanicing for him then. Okay. And, but I was. I was pitting for Jerome, Sartell, and Jerome. Okay. Jerome, because he was driving Kyosho then, and uh, yeah, Boots went down the straight, and all of a sudden his car just veered off to one side, and his leg gave way. 
his um yeah his, his leg went oh his, his physical leg gave away yeah oh, so okay. I think it was either Cody or someone else or Mike True he had to go up there and hold his leg really someone someone went up there and was holding his leg up yeah but unfortunately he missed the um the cut off wow so you know who it. else was so fast did. at this race too Lee Martin I believe yeah, yeah. Lee Martin's going really well and then yeah. just had a free engine cut yeah you know but it always scares me when um when they everything's working fine with the engine and then for some reason whoever's doing the engines want to strip the car down and, and strip the whole engine down and look through it and all that lot and i think leave it scares me if it's working don't if yeah. it ain't broke don't yeah. fix it yeah. yeah change the plug and that's it and try that in the semi-warm-up or whatever you know um mayfield losey fast Servo, yeah. same thing. Change the servo, goes up. He, he was using um, the servos that Spectrum, I think Spectrum. But he was before that. He was sponsored by High Tech, I think, or something like that. Because obviously he was using uh, Horizon products. They made mm. him use the Spectrum, so they made him take them out halfway through the qualification, I think, or after that, and they put they put no Spectrum. But he, he smashed into he smashed into that chicane. He hit it hard. So I don't to be, be no disrespect to Spectrum servos, but I I don't think any servo would have took what what he hit. That's I what I any, remember about his his lead. I was like, why yeah. is he just going so fast? Why don't he just back it on a bit? Yeah, he just just goes flat out. I don't know. You know, he has learned that now. Though. He has learned that. Yeah, because when you watch him at like Silver State. He's, or um, or the uh, the dirt. He's so controlled over mm-hmm. rough. He's an awesome driver in the rough. You, you just know you ain't going to beat him. The way he drives is so controlled. You just drive to the pace of what he needs to now. Yeah. So, Ty Tasman takes his win. First win for Canada. I think yeah. he deserved it. I think he won it. Yeah, he was in good form. He did, he did his own work. They said he did a lot of testing in car parks because it was on road sort of style. The suspension was absolutely spot on. You know, he was the best the best handling car for that situation. Yeah, yeah. And this was like when I would say that Ty and Gord were just like unstoppable at this time. Yeah. They made a really good team. HB cars yeah. were good. Yeah, it was good. <clears throat> they had a great package and yeah. yeah, they did really well. So well deserving. All right. Yeah. Um, 2016, uh, yeah. third time in America, back to Vegas. Yeah. At RC tracks. The track is still there, I believe. To this day, maybe yeah. not the same world track, but um, yeah. it's still you still can run on it. Beautiful facility, yeah. Lots of high hopes for this facility. It's closed now, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yes. Lots of high hopes for the Americans as well. Going to this, they thought yeah. that they were gonna, and I, I would have yeah. to say that at this point, the Americans were definitely the favorites going into this. Rana Falk um, had kind of made a splash earlier, I think, in 2015 yeah. by beating Ty. In Truggy or something yeah. like that. So he was kind of yeah. on the cusp. Battier yeah. was on f- great form as well. Yeah. And But to be honest, the Americans just kind of never showed up at this race. No. Yeah, Tebow. Tebow. Yeah, Tebow was fast. Tasman. Well, Tasman's not American. Yeah. But Tebow was, um, he was good, but he wasn't super fast like Elliot. Mm-hmm. And, he, he he got it by basically he could do ten minute fuel stop. He didn't have to stop. Right. So he got he got two of his TQs by taking the gamble and lasting the ten minutes. You know. They said and, very Euro style track too. Yeah, and yeah. there was big 
complaints from Ronnefolk got a bit psyched out with um, with the water. You know, there was a, they were saying there was too much water put on for ears and stuff like that. Well, we had just as much water, I thought, as well. But I think he got psyched out by Gord because Gord's always complaining about everything. <laughs> so, and um, and this is what messed Tessman's head up as well because Tessman doesn't like competition in his own team. And he had the young gun. Oh, well, know, this was, Ron yeah. I, you could see it Ron at the end of this race, the way yeah. Tessman was kind of looking at him. I was like, yeah, this this partnership's yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, Ron Falk, he's just young gun, wasn't he? Left Kyosho, gone to hot bodies, taking his dad and mechanic with him, you know, and so they were a good team, they always will be. And so, and like Gordon, that don't like competition in their own team, do they? So they start complaining and bitching and stuff like that, as they do about everything, about most tracks or whatever, whenever they race. So, um, I think this was the first World's Day Water, right? Sorry, I think this is one of the first worlds that they yeah. actually watered the track. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I don't know why. It always seems the Americans have to water tracks for some I reason. I think the, the excuse was for the dust for the airport. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah to be fair as well, that's fair enough. And plus, mm -hmm. they tried this other glue stuff, which caused I even got some rashes on my arms or something where the dust it was causing people coughing and stuff like that. So it's pretty dangerous. I don't know whatever. Yeah, because I think they had um, either Silver State or the Nationals and the track was yeah. completely yeah, sealed. We yeah, we did the Silver State there and that was what it was sealed up. That's when uh, Spencer Rifkin just killed everyone, the car. Yeah. But the grip was crazy high. We couldn't drive in it. Yeah. I'm, glad that they, I'm glad that they did left it. Like loomy and yeah, I was so shocked when they when they made that track. I was expecting mm. American style supercross, mm. big crazy jumps. It got super rough, um, yeah. super rough. I remember seeing a, a picture of like a a rut yeah. two feet deep almost. Yeah. Um, we had cool. one corner that was like paved. I think that that corner caused so yeah. much issues going on and off that yeah. corner. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we had a good start to it as well. We TQ'd the first two, mm -hmm. absolutely blinding. And then as it got rougher, we struggled. And usually we don't struggle. And it was funny. We were talking to some guy in the bar, you know, a racer from Mugen, just a normal normal racer that comes out to do the worlds, just have fun, you know, enjoy the atmosphere and everything. And uh, he said, yeah, whenever it was rough, we used to find that the Mugen, you know, the engine mount, it was like a, um, like a square instead of two plates mm -hmm. for the or engine mount for your blocks to sit on. He said, whenever we had that, we had the square one on, we could never drive the car. And we, me and Chris looked at each other and went, ding. Flex. So we swapped back, we swapped back to, because we had that plate on, because we had some trouble at the Euros in Redavan with the the engine moving about. And when mm -hmm. we put that plate, stopped crunching the gears. So it gave so, more flex. Um, yeah. So mm -hmm. we, put the, we put the plates on the normal plates to give the car more flex so it'd go over the bumps nice and everything like that and it transformed the car and we TQ'd the bumpiest round of the last one so that's what pissed me off as well we lost TQ by one point or we drew on points but it went on count back because Elliot I think had a fifth so he had three TQs and a fifth place and uh, and another one which was I think was a fourth or something like that and and uh and Tebow had only two TQs and all the rest were seconds. And that's what killed us on the countback. He might have had a fourth and a second. You so. know who else got a raw deal at this race? Cavalry. When he, yeah. On that, that, where they, they penalized him yeah. for Ty Tasman hitting him. 
I couldn't believe yeah. that. I know. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, to start, but... and I think he had to start from the back, yeah. and then he had to start from pit lane. Yeah, yeah we should. To be fair, for that that part, he should have. He he got penalised. He got a second penalty so that Ty could get in front of him on the starting grid for the final. Yeah, but for, for the thing, um, Cav's dad was like uh, the engine cut, and then he run back. Which once the countdowns a lot, you're not allowed to mm-hmm. count. Or if the engine cut, he just run back. Before the while the starting thing and the rules are that you can't run back, you know, and you can't have your starter box yep. on the starting. Group. You have to start from the pit lane. But the, so, the yeah. incident that caused him to start in the back or behind Ty was completely Ty's fault, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's the power of God, Nick moaning. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ronald wins this. We see Barrier yeah. doing one of his. Um, Amazing come from behind to finish yeah. second. Yeah. And I think, Ongaro, awesome drive as well. Yeah, pudgy boy. little Ongaro still driving him. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, this is when the world kind of got introduced to him. Yeah, with Ferry as his mechanic. He's yeah. an awesome mechanic. Yeah. Is. So, and there um, you go. little did we know, like two years later, that this young man would be a world champion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good team. Anything else you remember about this trip in Vegas? This last, this, this Worlds of Vegas? That stands out? Not really, because in Vegas it's it's so busy, isn't it? It's not a lot it's not like you're going to a hotel in the country like mm-hmm. where a lot of races there's lots of races there. We had a lot of fun, you know, gambling and stuff like that, but it gets overwhelming after a while. I can Vegas I can only stomach for about three days and then I've had enough of hearing the ding 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 and all that lot and there's even gambling machines in the toilets and stuff like that. So it's crazy. Yeah, Vegas is yeah, so not really, not really anything exciting stood out, you know, apart from the, um, you know, just at the track. You know, I, I, I loved it because obviously Elliot was doing really well. Mm-hmm. TQ free didn't ask for more and that, and we still didn't get TQ. And TQ trophy was absolutely amazing. And again, we didn't even go because you're going to get charged to go to the uh, drivers thing, which is a shame. And there was a big protest, obviously, with uh, Mayfield and uh, JQ. You know, no, that was in that. Australia. This what, was in the, Australia at the banquet. Oh, I didn't go. See, I didn't go to that banquet. All right, so this happened in Australia. Was, the next one. I thought that was the Vegas one. Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. This was in Australia. Um, I actually qualified for this round. I just never had the money to yeah. go. Yeah, I qualified through the Dominican Group. I would have been way, 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 way on, but um, we got two spots, and I qualified for one. Did you go? Did you go? No. This will be my first Vegas. world that I'm going to. Yeah? I'm, yeah. I'm sure you were at Vegas. No, before. no. You probably, I am. That's why I'm so excited. That's why yeah. I'm so excited. My first world. And at Redavon at that. All right. You'll love, you'll love Redavon. I think, I think so. So yeah. what people have to understand that from that time, 2016 to 2018, like Ongaro took the RC world by storm. Yeah. Like he, he came yeah. out, he won. And while he's yeah. doing this, the the yeah. allegations of gyros are flying. Yeah, um, yeah even at, uh, was it? A, I didn't go to the dirt that year. It as well. started at the dirt. Actually, it started from this race. It started from yeah. the 2016 yeah. Worlds, yeah. where people started yeah. saying, "Oh, he's got a gyro," and then yeah. it kind of came to a head at with Yao and yeah Barufalo in 2018 because yeah. they went yeah. to the dirt. So, yeah. and then it didn't help that Baru- <laughs> it didn't help that. Ongaro goes to Neo race, loses 
almost three quarters of his wing and still wins. Yeah. Like, and people's like, "Wow, can he yeah. win with with no wing and all this type of stuff?" Yeah. It was amazing. But yeah. what Angaro did in that two years because he went to Associated, he he just man, he was just he just transformed from this pudgy little kid yeah. who finished sixth to this like superpower in RC. You yeah. know, going into yeah. I think he went into the so twenty eighteen. We go to we go to Perth. It's it's a lot of. They did have. Now, did they have a warm up? Yeah, yeah, we went to the warm up. I couldn't believe that we went to Australia. For right, a week. so they had a warm up, and then they <laughs> actually made ten. It made it a ten day world, so people could get more yeah. practice. Yeah. So yeah. they had a warm up. It was wow. First worlds in Australia. The yeah. the I have to give it. I did enjoy this. I thought the coverage was good. Um, I wasn't yeah. there. Uh, the racing yeah. was good. But we also had a lot of lot of drama after the fact at this race, and yeah. Um, yeah, tell us what you remember about this race going in. You was with uh, Elliot. Was you guys are still with Elliot, right? At this time, yeah, 2000, yeah, yeah. 2018, He was still on Kyosho. He was probably at the high, very height of his peak of his career, I would say. Yeah, you know, this is what I thought I had more confidence in him winning there than mm-hmm. I did in uh, Vegas. To be honest with you, really. You know? Yeah. Really? So um, yeah, we went went there, went to the warm up. We finished third in the warm up with a we had a kingpin come loose in the final, so we couldn't really push. We were just driving steady in the warm up race and finished third. So it was uh, Ronafolk won it, and um, what's his name? The Australian young McBride. guy McBride. McBride Scott Mc not that's his dad's name. Kyle Scott, Kyle McBride. Kyle McBride. Yeah, Carl McBride was second, and then we were um, we were third, but not too far behind with a kingpin missing at the bottom. So that's reassuring. Do you think so? Give give me your opinion on warm ups. What do you think about them? I think they're a waste of time because the okay. tracks change different again, and I think it's unfair to the drivers that haven't got a budget. I still think it should be a fresh track that no one's driven on before. Okay. It should be all totally bulldozed, and that's it. So. Okay. So you, you're not going to be in favour with Redavon not changing the complete track here, or is it? No, nah, not really. Okay. No. Well, we'll, we'll touch on that um, yeah. in a minute. So the, Perth did a whole new track rebuild. rebuild. Yeah. They they And then, again, once again, watering was allowed at this track, at yeah. this race, because yeah. I think it just made the surface better. They used ship rope as a uh, yeah. track boundary, which we used in Bermuda. I'm very familiar with this stuff. It, it can break. It can yeah. It can yeah, you catches yeah. yeah. Uh, it isn't like you don't bounce off it. You know what I mean? Like pipes. Thing is, the thing is though, people complain about it, and because it's different, but it's the same for everyone. I that agree. track is the same for everyone. So you stay away from there. Then yeah, <laughs> you, pretty you know, simple. Pretty simple. Yeah, you drive on the track. But we got we got screwed as soon as we went there for some reason. You know, Elliot finished tenth in the world, the last world. For some reason, they put him in heat one or heat two, so we're basically cleaning the track. We asked even even the organizer come up to us and said, "Do you want to be moved?" And we said, "Yeah, we would be nice to race with someone you mm-hmm. know is in the same as us because everyone else was all in in the, like the like heat fourteen or heat sixteen or something like that. However many heats there was, all the all the, the top thirty drivers were all in the good heats, and mm-hmm. we were in." some reason so before the meeting even started they said do you want to be moved so it wouldn't make any difference to anybody we hadn't had a drive or anything that and Gord says no 
I'm not having that. He stays where he is. And that was it. And that was that was Gord on his rant for the whole world, you know. He was the one that That's a great about area. That's a great area I talk about that 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 that's what's yeah. operate in. It's not yeah. It's not illegal. It's not Yeah. It's not wrong, but it's not what's yeah. the word? It's not ethical, I would say. Is that a good word yeah. to use for it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's the gray area that they operate in. Uh, that's when I say yeah. they operate. They, they, so what I mean by that is they go to every extreme to 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 make get yeah. an advantage. In my opinion, yeah, yeah. And and to be honest, it's not for wrong with that, but I think it's it comes to a point of ethics. Like, come on, like if you know you want to have yeah. all your competition yeah. have the same playing field as you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but this was you know this turned out to be I think Ryan Mayfield was one of the favorites going in. Tasman, Ronafalk, yeah. Adangaru. Um, yeah. and then Angaro just put on a clinic, man. He put on a clinic. Yeah. Well, Ronald Falk had his issues at, as yeah. well with the clutch. I think it would have been a different story there, yeah, but I don't think. Up. I don't think he would have. He, he still would have won if he hadn't had the issue. He didn't look as yeah. as good as. But David's a fighter anyway. In his driving anyway, he can fight. Yeah, you know way. But I think that just killed it for him when he had to come in the pits twice and try and clear the clutch. Yeah, and I just don't think that Tasman and and yeah. and Mayfield would have caught not on Garo, not that day, no, no. not the way he was driving. No. And I mean, he was just he. You watch him and you see him do these things. You yeah. see him do these things with his car, and then you think why people think the way they think because it's amazing yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. But um, then of course this race was kind of. Uh, as soon as it was uh, the first race, as we talked about earlier, that we've seen a protest, especially to this, like to the winner. Yeah. I don't think it's ever been done. Yeah. Protest to win yeah. takes an hour of they strip his car. Did yeah. they strip his car completely? Yeah, they stripped it. And then there was Mike Truey in there looking at the radio and that and everyone looking through. And, you know, I think it was totally out of order. I felt totally sorry for a young Ongaro to win your world championship and then think you're going to have it taken away because someone's put a protest in because they think he's got a gyro because they didn't win. Mm-hmm. You know, total bad sportsmanship and the whole thing, you know. You know, if, if, if someone has to win by cheating, let them have their day and win by cheating. You know, if they, if they feel good like that, then, then fair play to them. If that, if that makes them feel good that they've got to cheat. But to, to, to not win and then complain about someone else winning and put a protest in, I think it's pretty shitty. In my yeah, I mean, the rumours is that Gore did, did the protest. The rumours is. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, that's never been confirmed, but that's a rumour. No. Um, yeah. yeah, so who paid the money, though? Someone. This is another thing that I never see anybody official protest. you got to pay, was it $200 or something like that to put the protest in? Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone put any protest in with any money. It was just all verbal, and they got bullied into it, you know? And that yeah. was it. So the people did what they had to, and they called Mike Truey into check, which I don't think, no, nothing against Mike, a nice guy, but he shouldn't have been in there checking the radio. Not with people with vested interest in the other two positions. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. You know, because, you know, obviously uh, Mayfield would have gained second place out of it. So, yeah. But, he also had again, some fallout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you was know? quite interesting. Yeah. This was a very interesting world. I think it was like yeah. a... Yeah, so anyway, if people don't remember, so he was running reds and yeah. he was caught uh like I think it was Chris Circus who caught it on on camera yeah. with that long lens. So he, yeah. he ended up running an OS engine with a reds yeah. 
head and that caused a whole I think that actually caused more drama after that yeah. than than the whole um yeah. protest in, in uh yeah. incident and then um that's also the infamous banquet when he told JQ yeah. about Sorry, that um, yeah. So I figured by that time Mayfield had, had a bunch of cores lights in And then I think JQ went up there and said Something about uh, For the biggest Drake didn't show up For the biggest club For the club race in the world And yeah. JQ won yeah. like 35 plus Of yeah. course JQ yeah. said something smart And yeah. Yeah. Um, Then Mayfield went up there And defended Drake But that's cool I actually yeah. thought they were really enemies after that And then I think uh, 2019 DNC, like Mayfield and him were talking, and he goes, yeah, even Keenan thinks you and I ain't friends. And then, you know, he was just yeah. talk, kind of talking. But, yeah, but uh, Mayfield's pretty cool, really. Yeah. He, he's yeah, it is, and that's it. It's done. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, I you like get him. the other guy. I like yeah. him. I think uh, I like You get a lot of the guys, don't you, that like say loads of things and behind the back and everything, and then they're nice to your face, and that's it, you know. No, but Mayfield's like this. If he don't like you, he'll tell you. And yeah. yeah, if you yeah, yeah. if you, yeah. if you wreck him, he'll tell you too, as we've seen, and I love yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah, I, so I think cool. he's one of the favorites to win this race going into yeah. Uh, yeah. next weekend. And um, yeah. I know you're going to be there. Uh, this is this will be your, wow, so 1990, so this will be, yeah. let's see, one, two, three, four, you missed 2010, so... 20, this will be a 20th 20, year, world. 22. 22. Yeah. What do you think about it? I know, so I we, we touched on this. Sorry, it won't be 22, will it? Because we, we haven't, we didn't do the 20. Right, so it's 20. 20. Yeah, 20. But yeah, you said there's been some, you know, the, we got the Americans talking about the track as well, not being, it being a permanent track. We don't, I haven't seen any pictures of it. I did have Baldo on the yeah. pod last week. He said, the track still keeps its essence, but it has been changed. Obviously, they're going to keep some yeah. parts of it. Yeah. Um, as a track period, what do you think about the track? Because it is probably one of the biggest tracks we've been to. I think it's a proper, awesome rallycross track, which sorts the men out from the boys. You've got to be good at distance driving. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that track that. Is, is, is a far distance, but it's also very wide as well. Mm-hmm. But you're in a good position where you are on the rostrum. I think the, the, the rostrum helps it out. Because the position of it is obviously you've got a higher side so you can see quite easy, and then you've got a downhill so it makes it easier for the further distance at the bottom of the track to see. But it was crazy. I remember when uh, Elliot was qualifying in the Euros, we had this sort of like freak dust storm. This wind come across and it just blew all the dust up. And going down the hill, Elliot one time said, I couldn't even see the car going over the big down the bottom. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Do you think the. It will be. Go ahead, sorry. So, yeah, I think you got to have a strong car for that because it's really hard on the gearboxes with them big downhill jumps and uphill. A lot of, you need a lot of horsepower and a strong gearbox in your car, and you have to be your fuel economy has to be a yeah. point because you do you will not yeah. make a. That's it's no. a fifty-two second, fifty-one second lap. We're talking about her. Yeah, I think if you're on a fifty, either a fifty-two or a fifty-four second lap, if I can remember correctly, you you were doing good, but average. Average guys were doing like one minute laps, you know, one minute O twos and that, you know. I think it's, it's crazy. Be interesting. Do you think the Americans are justified in the permanent track thing? You think it, it's it's a. I mean, you do look. We all agree that the best thing is have yeah. a fresh track for everybody. Yeah, we can all agree but, that with that. Yeah, 
But I feel like these guys are professionals. I mean, we're talking about like yeah. Mayfield, Fend. I have to say yeah. Mayfield, Fantastic, because I think they're like the three fastest North Americans right now. There'll be more. Yeah. There'll be more. But I think like it's just like this. You're professional. It's just you approach yeah, it in a different way. Americans are good. They they like. Um, I know our European bigger tracks don't suit their style, but they get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. You know, give them like three days after practice and that, and they'll be up to speed with everyone else. Yeah, they got six then. rounds of ten minute practice. Yeah, exactly. Same as everyone else. I think it's going to come out um, to tires, like a, a lot of things. I think yeah. uh, the European tires will will do well there. And yeah. yeah, I think AKA and Proline will do well. And the big if, if everybody is saying is, is Jay Contest, but I'm sure they'll figure that out as well. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Do you think this is probably, for me, I feel we have four years of, for me, I, I kind of felt like there was a narrative to maybe not that the worlds aren't really as important as they used to be. And I think that's wrong because we haven't had a world for four years, you know, it's it's been desperately needed, and it is mm. the one thing that one place and one race where we do get the best in the world racing against yeah. each other, no matter where it is. And I think we need to see more of this. But yeah, I, yeah. I definitely I'm a big even though I criticize the federations, I am a big yeah. um, supporter of them. I think we need them. I think we need the if my worlds. Yeah. I think the if my worlds needs to do more for the industry too in a certain way, okay. especially like yeah, like I like I didn't know you had to pay for a damn banquet, so you know. Yeah. They should be putting that on, I think, you know, for yeah. and not the not the yeah. host track because I know a lot of the, yeah. I know a lot of with these events and these federations. I know mm. the host tracks uh, incur a lot of the costs as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you either get a free ticket to the banquet, but you have your mechanic and your family, don't you, that go with it. Yeah. So they should be all included as well. It should be everyone that's in that track should be should be allowed to go. You know, for this banquet, it shouldn't be. Doesn't have to be a big sit down meal or anything like that. It's a presentation, you know. Yeah. How about Kyosho? I mean, I think you got Yao, you got uh, Lutz. Yep. Is Polito going? Yeah, Polito's going as well. Yeah. Good. So I think a, he'll do well. Um, he I think. Could be scary for people, I think. I think um, Yao is very fast. He needs, I think, uh, yeah. he looked really good in Barcelos. He looked, I think he can make, I think Yao can make the main her. And yeah. I. I expect lots to be close to as well. Yeah, I think he can make the main. He did really well at Wicked Weekend. Her recently seems yeah. to be happy in a good spot. And yeah. I would like to see him do well. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Who you think, who are your favorites? I know you got to pick Kyosha guys, but Kyosha guys aside, yeah. who are your favorites going into this race? Who do you expect will be, uh, who do you expect, who do you think will win? I know it's hard to say, but. Yeah, we were talking, we were talking about it funny enough and we had, um, we got, it's going to be, I think, Ronafolk or Mayfield. Okay. I wouldn't disagree yeah. with that. Any reason why you don't have Ongaro in there? Uh, I don't know. I don't... I, I, I'd like to think that he's still the same, but he just seems to be just a little bit off lately. I know? will say this. At RCGP in UK, even though he won the 60-minute final, yeah. I don't have it. I didn't have him as the most dominant driver there that weekend. Yeah. Exactly. Usually he's like, he's he's on it, isn't he? And he's just, he's away and he's super fast. And I Even at the warm gonna... up, he wasn't, Yeah, you know, well, Baldo was, <laughs> Baldo was away, going and away. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, but then again, he's on Garo and he just pulls off. He seems to find a way to do it all the time, it seems. Yeah. 
So it's going to be interesting. I, I would not, yeah. I wouldn't, Mayfield, Mayfield's best yeah. chance, you think, to win the Worlds? Or does he yeah, have I more? Think, I, think it, I think it's his one and only, I think, now. So I think after that. But it'd be interesting to see how he finds. I know he's, um, he's getting on a little bit now. <laughs> so yeah, but I think we're going to see how long uh, a guy yeah. can be fast with Mayfield. Yeah. I think yeah. he's going to be the one. But it'd be interesting because it'd be a lot of eye strain with that. Right. With that crack. And so obviously the young will benefit from that and stay there. How about the veterans like Tebow and Cavallari? You think that they'll be in the mix or you think this is the year we don't yeah. see them in the finals? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think so, to be totally honest with you. No, I've got to be honest. That's, I, that's I, so I, crazy I, to think I, that. No, it I, is. I, I could see them getting in the semifinals, mm-hmm. but I can't. I can't. Honestly, see them getting into their, you know, level European. Their experience, their experience is good, though. Right, you know, right. they're fight well. So I think semi-finals, and then it'd be interesting. The level of right. European talent is is immense. I think the level of talent yeah. competition going into this world is something that we too. haven't seen. Yeah. yeah, it's the young guns you got to look out for. Unfortunately, they won't have the experience to keep the car going for for the hour. You know, in the final, if they get in there. Because that track is tough on cars. So I mean, got, well, look, yeah. I mean, Badier was yeah. 2016. Badier was leading, lost a server. Ranafalg leading, lost yeah. a server. Belt boots inherits the lead and, and walks away with it. So, yeah, because we had we went to the warm up that year and we didn't even make the final there, but we learned so much because we were killing the car. You know, yeah. Elliot was land, landing on power. You know, so it was killing the gearboxes. So we were just killing, and the engine was moving as he's landing. So even when when he when he won the Euro, we did a we drew a, a map of the track, and I was saying here, when you land, if you're going to land flat or whatever, don't put any power on, no brakes, no power. You know, in certain parts, I was telling him just going through it before we started the final, and he did everything everything we said basically, and um. And we were in it, you know, and we won it. But he come. The only thing he did wrong was he come in one lap earlier than what he should have done. He thought he would call him in because we didn't have headsets then. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think Kaya should be all right. I think. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. y'all. I think I, I, Polito will be very interesting. No, yeah. no disrespect to Renault. I just don't see him in the semis. But he could prove me wrong. But yeah, that, that's just because he's getting older. This, you know. Going back to Tebow and Cav and Renault, I think their experience could yes. pay off that track. In if they get in the semi-finals, then I think they've got a good chance of getting in the final. Then it's down to you know keeping the car going, keeping it in one piece. I wouldn't argue with that at all. Experience is key, especially in these yeah. type of races, and it's a sixty-minute final. Yeah, and this track is fully demanding on everything, the driver and the and the cars, especially. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. And, the, and the fuel mileage as well. Cause I know. If you're, if you're doing like 52 second laps, or if that's if you're really flat out, you know, you got got to call that seven and a half minutes or 640 and you're in a, this is where I was worried when Elliot would come in that fuel stop one lap too early. It's It made my decision of like in between the two, we had, you know, 12 minutes to go. When do I bring him in? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and nobody's really seen the track yet. So I think they were yeah. well, we're recording. This is Tuesday that we're recording this. This will come out probably after the track's been revealed, yeah. but I think they're going to reveal yeah. it on a Wednesday. Okay. So, 
They, yeah. But it said, they said, it's, Baldo said it's going to be one part that's going to be really difficult to do. Like, yeah. but it's going to still be Euro style track. It's still yeah. going to keep the same essence. I'm like, man, that track's so huge. I heard people have like, yeah. that, like the, the latency between where they can see their car and the actions that they're doing is affected. So I think we haven't seen anything like this. I think um, we talk about the European talent, but there's a lot of young American talent too. I think we're going to see people like Mason Fuller do really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's good to see. We need this. We need more competitions where we see the best in the world racing against each other because Europe has so much to offer. And I yeah. think nowadays, now as, as the world has gotten more popular and information is much more available to people, I think we're going to see thousands of people just tuning into this from around the world next week. All right, Mick. Well, thank you for your time. It was an excellent chat. I knew I was going to enjoy this chat. That's why I was looking forward to it. Um, You've been also a great guest on this podcast many times, so thank you for coming back. I look forward to seeing you again here in Spain. And, man, it's it's going to be um, a good week of racing, I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) <laughs> all right man well thank you for your time and uh safe travels to to spain and i wish you and the Kyosha team all the luck thank you very much Thanks thank for you for your on. time man lots of history you heard now we have it written we got to talk to <laughs> we got to get phil well you gave me the links yeah. we need to yeah, see if we can um get phil or let me post them up so people can go read them or whatever because yeah. great blogs lots of lots of history lots of information and um, thank you for your time, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Anytime. Look forward to seeing you again. All righty. And a big thank you to Mick Craddock for his time. I had an excellent time sitting off with him. Uh, we did. I did figure that this pod was, pod was going to go long because Mick has a lot of information stored up. And even you can see he enjoyed just talking about past times and all that stuff. And I hope you got a little better feel of why the IFMAR world is so important. Uh I really look forward to this world's coming up. And uh, I want to thank Mick for just, you know, giving a little bit of his time and his knowledge. And, you know, when a man has been to every world. He's been to 20 worlds. You know, he missed 2010. So, uh, well, he's coming on his 20th world, sorry. Uh, there's a plethora of information there. And it, I want to just thank him for being so thoughtful and being able to remember these things and, and being able to share his experiences with us. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, Mick. And um, also, you guys, remember, I'm doing some blogs about each team. You can follow them every every day. I'm going to try and do one every day. In fact, after I record this, finish recording this, I'm going to go finish off one. Also, you can check out episode 203. That is 204, sorry, with Brian Baldo. He talks a little bit more about the track. And look forward to all the content we're going to bring you next week from uh redavon also we have one more podcast dropping with robert battier later on this week as well but please enjoy this episode 205 mick craddock for a little bit of world's history with that said i want to say thank you to all of the nnrc squad around the world we can't do without you guys remember please help us grow that youtube and our instagram let's get up to a thousand followers on instagram remember i had to start the instagram all over after my hate facebook got hacked so let's get the Instagram going. Also, let's get that YouTube channel going, man. I, I want to get it to 3,000 subs. If you haven't already, go hit up that sub, that notification button, hit that like button, leave a comment, hit dislike if you want. Sure, but we need your help in getting the YouTube, the NNRC YouTube. We need to grow that. We need really need to grow that. 
So I want to thank you for all that support. Also to the patrons of the podcast, thank you for the extra support. You guys get extra, sorry, early access to this podcast. If you wish to be a patron, you can. The link is written in the description of this podcast. Also, we have something new. We have members on pod, on, on, on YouTube for $1.99 for the cup of coffee a month. You can support the podcast and get also get some early treatment. Or, or when that gets going, we'll have members only stuff and YouTube and all that stuff as well. Uh, but that helps. Uh, you know, RC Racing doesn't pay that well. So we have to make generate revenue at every, well, not for me anyway. Uh, not, not, not for the podcast, not for what I do. I'm sure there's plenty of people making some good money in RC. But, you know, we greatly appreciate the support, the support and we need to generate revenue from every chance we can because it's important to keep on going and keep things going, keep the bills paid, keep traveling to races and bringing you guys the content that you deserve as listeners of the NNRC. So thank you to the patrons and the future supporters through YouTube of that. Also, shout out to the awesome sponsors of this podcast. Remember, everybody, we have links for affiliate links, coupon codes. Some companies don't have coupon codes. You just... Leave them a note saying you heard about it on the NNRC. Sharing the sponsor some love. Shares the podcast some love, everybody. So please, a big shout out. And thank you to Invisible Speed, TZO 200 Tires, TNR Fuels, High Tech RC, Beach RC, Mayako, Techno RC, RCGP, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, G-Spec RC Tuning, Sampadal USA, Racecraft USA, Clinic RC, House of RC. Shout out to RC Raceway in Alabama. Also, shout out to David Ronnefalk, Alex Hagberg, Alexander Hagberg, Jared Tebow, and Robert Batty for their support of the podcast. We greatly appreciate that. With that said, Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. The worlds are coming, everybody. I hope you guys are ready. I hope you're getting excited because I am excited. With that said, thank you to Mick Craddock for his time. Thank you guys for all the support. Lefty is out. <laughs>